The Bar Star Podcast is a show that aims for something a little different. It's hosted by a drummer who thinks he's a musician. But let's be honest, I know and you know that drummers are not musicians, right? Or are they? Hang on a second, who wrote this crap? This is garbage. Nobody's gonna listen to a show put on by somebody they haven't heard of. Stupid. To another episode of the Bar Star Podcast. I am your host, Stephen O'Reilly. Yes, I'm still alive. No, the orange fuckball down here in Florida did not melt me. Although it's tried a few times. It's, it's fucking hot down here. I still do have a show. They're just few and far between. I appreciate all you guys that still text me and send carrier pigeons and ask how I'm doing. I am alive. The show is alive. It's just not as frequent as it was. I hope everybody is doing well. I hope everybody had a good, I have no idea how many weeks since we last spoke. And as always, I hope you guys went out and did some shit. Now, today on the show, I have an awesome, awesome human being who I met while Soul Circus Cowboys was playing the Florida State Fair. A one Miss Natalie Mustang, which is a cool fucking name, by the way. And uh, within an hour of meeting each other, we adopted each other. We are now siblings. She is my sister. I am her brother. I will get to more of that in a few minutes. But first, I want to catch everybody up on life down here in Florida. Yes, I say it like an old school gangster. I live down here in fucking Florida because that's my excuse for everything. Takes too long to go somewhere? Fucking Florida. It's hot down here? Fucking Florida. It rains too much? Everything's got moss and mold and mildew on it? Fucking Florida. Uh, Everything is going well, as well as could be expected. Uh, I'm still not 100% comfortable down here in my personal life. Not that there's anything going on with Stacy and I because we are fine. It's just weird down here. Everything is spread out so far and it's so geographically clicky. I just don't quite 100% understand it. Um, so there's some, there's some mini hurdles to get over, but other than that, on the professional side or the working side, I'm in an amazing place. I have an amazing day job. I'm in a killer fucking band, Soul Circus Cowboys. I do have a few episodes that will be dedicated to that band coming up soon in the next few weeks. So be on the lookout for that. I have a really cool conversation with my guitar player, Ron Zabron, who is probably my first real actual friend that I made down here. Um, But none of that matters because I just adopted a new sister. So a couple weeks ago, Soul Circus Cowboys did six days in a row at the Florida State Fair, which was awesome. For my Louisville people, you guys will remember Jefferson Tarkbus used to do this. We would do five, six, seven, eight days, whatever it was. We did it every year for a long time. We were in the bud tent. Um, the Florida State Fair is a little different. They have uh, two stages. They have the Grove stage and the Midway stage. And how they do it is a little odd. They set up both bands together uh, there's two drum risers so there's two drum kits sitting side by side uh, we shared our stage with a band called no filter they were doing 
the entire run of the fair. So they were doing 12 days in a row. And they are a lot of fun. Oh, my God, I had a fucking blast with those guys. They have uh, 9, 10, 11, 12, who's counting members. They have a couple of different options. Uh, Natalie and I get into the specifics of no filter in our conversation which obviously if you've put two and two together that is how natalie and i met she is no filters drummer and we met the first day uh it was a comment on my rig because you guys know i i brag about this i have nice gear i can't help it i just like nice gear but that's how our meeting happened was her and i talking about my gear and one thing led to another and the adoption happened boom it was done in the florida sunshine on a thursday but the state fair was cool uh playing that many shows 18 sets in six days uh 30 minute sets it's awesome it's taxing but it's laid back at the same time it's weird for me uh natalie and i talked about this i think on the show i can't remember you guys know how my memory is it sucks But it was weird because as soon as I got limber and loose and felt like my joints were greased up, I was done. So that kind of threw me for a loop. Kind of like get in, get on, get off, get out. Uh, Credit that to Bully Ray. Any of you who just caught that reference, you're probably laughing right now. Uh, I will not explain it. If you know, you know. If you don't, oh well. But it was a lot of fun. It was really, really cool. It was also really cool to share the stage with no filter because they are so different from what soul circus cowboys does uh we're mostly originals they're a a pop cover band but they're amazing at what they do they're running everything to a loop um into a click which is not a bad thing because they're also running to a video sequence Uh, they all switch instruments at one point four or five of them sing Uh, they put on a really really great show and it made me kind of miss all the stuff I used to do in Louisville with the corporate bands and the cover bands I was in. It's, it's, it's interesting to watch something that you've done for a long time and now you're not doing it anymore. And then you see it from the outside looking in. Uh, it's really cool. And because I got to sit back and I got to watch them and I got to go, Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, I remember that. I remember building this. I remember putting that together. I remember, Hey, what if this song ran into this song? Hey, what if we do this? Hey, what if we do that? And then the haze turned into a 45 minute medley and boom, there you go. So it was cool to see that and see the execution of it. And then think back to when I was building that stuff or I was involved in building that stuff with other bands. That was really fun for me. But it's interesting to see because I've been out of that world for a couple of years now um, and I'm in the original world. It was it was cool to see the differences between the two, yet the similarities as well, how they coexist. Because I, in Soul Circus Cowboys, I am also playing the tracks of piano, organ, violin, fiddle, stuff like that. We're not flying in vocals and guitar parts and all that bullshit. But I've also got a click. So it's the same principle. It's just two different executions and two different approaches to music. So it was really cool for me to just kind of compare the two and knowing that I've come from both worlds, because you guys know I've done originals many years ago and all that stuff. But to, to see it after being out of the the show band, so to speak, because essentially that's what No Filter is. They're they're fucking badass. I, I can't stress that enough. You guys need to go follow them on all their social media and all that, which, of course, will all be in the show notes. You can figure out where to find them and 
smash that like button and all that shit. But it was cool to watch the differences and, and remember all that stuff and think back to everything that I was doing before. And now what I'm doing with Soul Circus Cowboys. It was pretty cool. The other cool part about the fair was for five days, I know we were there for six, but hear me out. For five days, I got to turn my snares off, drop my clutch on my hi-hat, put my sticks in my bag, power down all my electronics, and walk the fuck off stage. It's amazing. It's such a little thing, but guys, I'm telling you, it was awesome to just be able to get done playing drop my shit and leave. I didn't have to break down my gear. I didn't have to break down my rig for five days. It was awesome. And most of the time I didn't leave anyway. I, I hung out and watched No Filter because they, the way we staggered the sets, we played first, they played last. So it was it was a really cool time. It was a lot of fun. Um, I'm sure there's tons of pictures and video from No Filter's pages and from the Soul Circus Cowboys pages. In fact, I know there's tons of both because I've seen almost all of it. Uh, so it was a lot of fun. So before I get to my conversation with the amazing Natalie Mustang, my sister from another mister, I want to say a quick thank you to the Fascination Street Podcast and Steve Owens for having me on. If you guys didn't catch it, you can find it on social media. You can find his podcast. Uh, he had me back on a couple weeks ago, talked a lot about Soul Circus Cowboys, stuff that I'm doing with that band. He was just genuinely curious in what i was doing down here in florida uh, we haven't talked in a while and it was awesome to be on his show so steve thank you for having me i appreciate it you guys can go find that and go check that out now i got some stuff i'm going to talk about on the other side but before i get to my conversation with miss natalie uh there's a piece at the end of this it's about 15 20 minutes long i'm not 100 sure it is we had this bright idea to put my mobile podcast unit, which is a fucking Zoom recorder, uh, around my shoulder in a carry bag, and we walked around the fair and commentated on what we saw. Now, if you're a snob or an audio snob, I should say, that does not like background noise, skip that part because it's people talking, noises, rides, people screaming, all kinds of crazy shit. It's fair sounds. For those of you that are easily amused, uh, please listen to it because as I edited it, it did it, it, you guys know I can't say that word. Uh, I laughed my ass off. It's pretty funny. We had a blast doing it. It was just kind of, hey, what if we did this? And then we did it and it turned out amazingly funny, at least to me. Uh, I think it was awesome. So that's the only warning I have on this when it gets to the end of the quote quiet conversation it's going to get loud and obnoxious it, for the audio snobs that don't like that just skip it um for the ones that want to be mildly entertained it was pretty damn funny and it was a lot of fun to do so natalie is an amazing human being as well as a badass drummer she's super solid she hits hard she's got a few gears that she doesn't tap into and we talk about that on the show you guys will figure out what i mean when we get there in the episode but it was amazing to watch her because she puts on a hell of a show. She's super solid, and she nails the shit out of a click. Of course, you guys know that makes me happy. I geek out over that kind of shit. She was just all on that click, and the band was on fire every night, uh, even with all the different member changes, because like I said a second ago, they have different members that come in because they have two chapters or two uh 
full bands or 47 members and your sister's ass. I don't know. They got a lot of shit going on. So it was cool to see the different pieces and parts put together. Um, Chaz, their singer, one of their singers is amazing. Derek is amazing. Eric's amazing. I can't say enough nice things about them. Uh, they're cool, cool people uh, and a hell of a band. But Natalie is a hell of a drummer and our stories, our personal life stories are very, very similar in what we've gone through, how we grew up, especially how we grew up musically, both moving to Florida, what we went through when we got to Florida. Oh, I'm sorry, Florida. But that is part of the reason why we adopted each other as brother and sister. So it was really cool to get to hang with her. The second or third night we hung together, I texted her and I said, hey, I have a podcast, I'd really like you to be on it. And she said, absolutely. So we have a really cool conversation and I'm going to stop running my fucking mouth and I'm going to get to the conversation. So without any further ado, and of course I will talk to you guys on the other side of this, here is my conversation with the amazingly talented, super badass, my new sister, Miss Natalie Mustang. Okay. Your level is perfect. Yes. We are we are on. We are doing this. Okay, so it is 3.40 on Sunday. And the only reason that is important is because we are on day four of the fair. Day four. Day four. I'm glad you said that because I actually wasn't sure what day we were on when you said that. <laughs> well, you skipped yesterday. Oh. I had a day off. Sort of. Sort of. Well, you still had a gig. Missed you guys, though. Oh. And then we show up wearing the same damn shirt, sort of. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised, but I'm not at the same time. I'm, I'm not either. It's just really <laughs> weird. It's well, the most awesome thing ever. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thanks for showing up. Absolutely. You didn't have a choice. I kind of said, hey, you're doing this. Listen, it's fine. You didn't have to twist my arm very hard, so it's all good. <laughs> okay, so obviously... Um, There'll be a lot of shit that I talk about in the intro because people have no clue who you are. My people don't. A lot of people down here do. That's in, fine. In a lot of people don't know who I am. That's fine. Well, hopefully we can remedy that because <laughs> more people need to know who you are. Hello, so, everyone. <laughs> I'm sitting across from the phenomenal Natalie Mustang, Aww. which is a cool ass name. Thanks, man. I like it. Thank you. I like it. So you are the drummer for No Filter, one of the drummers because it's a, I don't want to say corporate band, but most of my people that have listened to my show know what I mean when I say that. Absolutely. So we'll call it corporate party band. Yeah, I and like there that. there are two versions. Is there three versions or just two? There's currently two. We're working on a third. Um, we kind of, I hate to use the word franchise, but we started a second version of No Filter in 2019. And we gotcha. kind of interchange players as needed, which is really nice. So if anybody is ill, <laughs> got the COVID or, or the what Rona. have you, the Rona, we can like interchange players as needed. So it's, it's pretty sweet actually. Well, and it was cool for me because no filter is booked straight through the fair for 12 days where soul circus yes. Cowboys is here for six, but it's not the same lineup with you guys right. every night. So it's kind of cool. So last night I got to see the other lineup, Yes, which was cool. It's interesting to see that many players. Who can pull out what and how the set changes depending who's there? Because last night they did a lot of songs that you guys didn't do Thursday and Friday. Correct. Which was kind of cool. That was fun. Yeah. And then today you just busted out Guns N' Roses. Yeah. It's kind of cool to see like what 
each player brings to the table, like musically and performance wise, because right. everybody, as any musician would, like everybody approaches each song differently. So it's really cool to see how, you know, like today we played with our other guitar player, Will, and I haven't played with him for a quite a few months monster guitar so, player too. monster guitar player so it was really cool to see the difference between him and matt that i'm used to playing with matt is also a monster guitar yes, player. yes he is but He's like i said they approach everything so differently so yep. it's super super cool and fun for me as a drummer to like get to interchange musicians and play and feed off different people right well it makes you think more yeah makes you th- not more makes you think it differently. keeps you on your toes yeah it's always a challenge so I don't know what I'll do for the intro yet, but I'll leave some of it out. So we're going to start here. Okay. So we adopted each other four days ago. Yes, we did. <laughs> it was fantastic. The weirdest shit ever. In a good way, weird. Yeah. So we, when we met Thursday, I don't even know what, I think you said something about my, my rig. Or something yeah. to that effect. Uh, my crew guy, Alex, and I were kind of just standing back admiring your drum set because it's absolutely gorgeous. Thank you. And you came over and started talking to us. And please forgive me for this because I wasn't sure who was playing drums for Soul Circus Cowboys at That's the time. Okay. So you came over. They've so had I wasn't a lot of drummers. Sure. It's fine. I, they have. It's fine. So I wasn't sure if it, you were the drum tech or if you were actually the drummer. So we started chatting up. And then as soon as you started very passionately talking about the drum set, like. <laughs> This is the guy. I'm like, this is the guy. This is his rig. And you know, it's it's funny because, and we we've we've talked about this in great length over the past few days, like how as musicians that that gig regularly, we meet so many people. Yes, we meet so many people in bands. We meet so many people at the shows, and it's always great meeting new people. But you always kind of keep them at arm's length. Absolutely. And you, when you meet somebody you click with, like you and I did, yeah, it's so wild because it's kind of like, what can I liken it to? It's- you ever see like two ferrets? that see each other for the first time and they start hopping sideways. <laughs> that was me and you. We're just like, oh my God. Oh my God. You're awesome. You're awesome. Oh my God. Let's be friends forever. Like it was just the most amazing. Like it was like we were in fifth grade and just became best friends. And Absolutely. I love that. And you're, you're in my life forever. I hope you know that. I'm really yes. sorry about your luck, but you're stuck with me now. No, I'm sorry about your luck. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a bitch. We'll be fine. Yeah. So, yes, Steve and I have officially adopted each other. Yes, we are officially siblings. Sorry, Jennifer, but you've just been ousted. Cheers. Jennifer is my real sister. Cheers. Well, what I are have, you drinking, by the way? Um, This is a, this is like the girliest thing I've ever drank. It's like a White Claw peach iced tea. It probably <laughs> tastes pretty good. Not metal. <laughs> <laughs> that is so not metal. Not metal. I am drinking my, my usual coffee, kids, mm. so fear not. So let's talk about stuff because yes. I love talking to you and let's, let's talk about some uh, fun stuff. Uh, okay. Well, the, the only thing I'm going to, in a very fun way, throw you under the bus was when you, we got done with our first set, you I walked know. up to me and you said, fuck you and all your talented ass. <laughs> <laughs> I said, oh my God, I love you. Bro, I love watching you play. And I'm sure your subscribers know like what you're capable of. Some of them do. Watch this. All right. I'll probably edit this out, but say hello, woman. You're on speaker. I'm doing a podcast with Miss Natalie. Hello, woman. Hi, sister-in-law. <laughs> he said, say hello, woman. <laughs> I wish you were here today. The beauty of editing. Yes. Yes, m- most of my, I shouldn't say most, a lot of m- the people that, that download the show and have been following me since I started this show three or four years ago, they know what I'm capable of. Some of them, I think, have, have YouTubed me and seen videos, and, and, and I, thank you for the compliment. But Oh, I wasn't done. I wasn't done. Oh, shit. So, all right, so here's the thing. Oh, like, my God. You know, <laughs> play, played with so many bands. I've seen so many drummers. So what is Just with all the drummers? Blush. Oh, stop my God. It. Stop it. Stop it. It's your podcast. Let me talk you up for a sec. 
So okay. we've seen a ton of drummers and so many of them are just kind of going through the motions, holding down the beat. We have the best job in the world. Absolutely. And we do. how you cannot have the best time ever when you're up there entertaining people, playing with your band, holding down the beat. It's, it's the greatest feeling. It's such a high. And I love watching you play so much because not only are you an insanely talented player, you've got chops for days. Thank you. You are having a great time while you're up there. Oh yeah. I'm and you're so entertaining. My God. You're so animated. Like, I love it. I love it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I admire your style. It's fantastic. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. It's great. Thank you. I'll throw my hip out one day, but I'll, I'll keep going off. <laughs> and you'll still keep going. I know probably. You, you. I know you're going to. Probably. Probably so. And make sure my With your walker right. going up your walker yeah. up the stage. My walker going up the stage. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's going to stop you. Come I, I got to have the little tennis balls on the front, though. <laughs> Symbol felt taped to the bottom of your walker. That's a great idea. <laughs> you know what I did with symbol felt once? What's that? We, Stacy and I, when we moved down here, we bought bikes, bicycles, um, which is a whole other story in and of itself. But the bike rack we have to go on the back of the car won't hold her bike because of the way the bar is. So I put three symbol felts between Shut the up. rack and the bike. I swear to God. It's brilliant. <laughs> it works. That's another thing. As drummers, like we're very good at like, rigging things with drum pieces of drum gear or resourceful as hell super resourceful super resourceful i have a lamp that's made out of a drum stand in my house do Just, you really yeah, you know good for you i love it <laughs> okay so how we had ended up adopting each other is mm-hmm. not because we're both drummers you and i've talked about this at length over the last four days yes sir out of all the people i've met and all the drummers i've met i have tons of drummer friends so i'm not talking shit about my drummer friends just the other passerby drummers as i call them it's just like you said keep them at arm's length yeah there was something about you and i our stories are a fucking mirror it's wild oh yeah you can cuss it's by the way wild i've had mouth like a sailor it's fine <laughs> i fucking love swearing me too it's, it's so best. good it's the best ever but it is it is a mirror which is crazy because you like me, you came from a heavier background. Yes. And now you're doing kind of basically pop. Yes. Which is what I did for years. I came from a heavy background, then I did pop. Now I'm doing so country rock, but crazy. still, so it's crazy. nuts. But you are originally from New York, correct? Correct. Uh, born in Connecticut. Uh, spent most of my adult years in New York, gigging and touring. Also, Rhode Island. Um, I kind of bounced around the Northeast for a good while right. and then came to Florida seven years ago. Florida. Florida. Fucking Florida. Fucking Florida guy. <laughs> but dude, it's awesome here. It's awesome here. And you know what's funny? I, w- I was listening to one of your older podcasts and it must have been like right after you landed here and you were talking about how you hadn't quite met the right people yet. Everybody right. you met was kind of weird. And it's, yep. again, parallel stories. I went through the same thing when I yes. moved here. I met all the wrong people. Not all of them. There's some people I met when I first got here that I'm still very tight with. But right. there's, you know, there's a real melting pot of people here, kind of like New York. Yeah. You know, so you're going to meet a lot of different kinds of personalities here. Right. And Florida as a whole is the speed of life is so much slower here. Yeah. Thank you. know, and <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Like I had to physically Dude, and mentally <laughs> like slow myself down a little bit just right. to kind of get in the groove here. Like we're used to a certain speed of life being northerners and 
to kind of deal with how things work here, you kind of have to chill a little bit and calm do. down. It's now, weird. The other thing, though, is that as no matter what profession you are, whether you're a musician, whether you're a construction worker, no matter what you do, if you come down here with your northerner mentality where we know how to work, we know how to get things done, you will flourish. Oh, yeah. Because no one wants to put the work in down here. No, no one. And, and that's just the vibe. That's just the, like everybody's just so chill and kind of lazy and there's nothing wrong with that because that's why people come to Florida. <laughs> but I mean... <laughs> I guess the beach time is a real fucking thing. It really is a fucking thing. It is. And it's like, somebody told me, who was also a a native New Yorker, when I first moved here, they said, she says, you have to put in this much effort. She held up her pinky finger. She like, put this much effort and you're going to be very successful. And I was like, okay. Okay. Yeah. And she she wasn't wrong. I mean, kind of like you, like I spent my first year here kind of like playing in different bands, doing drummer for hire kind of stuff. I got a bartending gig on the beach and like, I would have been fine if that was all I did. I was so happy, you know, just living down here and like, you know, like changing my lifestyle and kind of slowing down a little bit. And then, um, no filter found me. (laughs) It was awesome off to the races like oh yeah you thought you were gonna live the the, the nice chill life no, yeah we're no gonna, not so much no not it's the all. same thing that happened to me soul circus exactly. cowboys found me again and, parallel oh, stories shit. yes crazy okay. so we're gonna talk about you so when did you start playing and before you answer that uh kids my girl natalie is a fucking badass oh thanks pal you are i told you the other day one you have a lot of qualities about your drumming that i dig thank you and one of the things that i like about you is Y'all know I hit hard. Don't fucking text me and <laughs> you send your pigeons. Beast. I don't want to hear it. You're a beast. But the thing I like about you is your constant playing volume is pretty loud as it is. So you're not, I'm going to be chauvinistic. You're not a girly drummer. It's you okay. hit the shit out of some drums, which I like. But the other thing is you have this attic where you can go, that's not loud enough. Hey, y'all watch this. <laughs> Wham! love that and i love it too because you, you have another level thank you you have That's another awesome. level i don't i'm up here all the you're time you're on 11 all the time buddy. all the time but it works for you but i can go backwards and i can pull it right down. On. yeah your dynamics are fantastic thank you but with you it's cool because you sit just above middle and then you go eh fuck y'all i got an attic watch this <laughs> Conk. And watch not, me break all my symbols right and not, but not a lot of drummers have that and oh. not and not a lot of drummers especially have uh, excuse me, not a lot of female drummers especially have that next gear that they can go to to go, ah, I, I need more ass, I need more power, and I have it. Does that make sense? Super. Th- oh, thank you so much for that compliment. You're welcome. That's awesome. You're a badass. Thanks, And man. when you did the, the halftime in Daft Punk, I was like, oh, girl, <laughs> shit, fuck you. So I wish I could take credit for that. So we, we play, I don't know if your listeners know pop at all but this has been a, a crash course in pop for myself playing with this band but which we, is fun we play get lucky by daft punk and we were playing it one day and my singer who's named Chaz, just turned around and looked at me phenomenal he's like, what if we have time oh my god he's insane he's his, so his resume is would blow your mind Anyways, he turns around. He's like, what if we halftime this first? And immediately, like, my eyes popped out of my head. I was like, yes. <laughs> and I'm so happy you noticed that because, oh, yeah. like, you know, the average layman watching a band doesn't pick up on stuff like that. So no. to have somebody hear that and appreciate it oh, yeah. makes me so first, happy. I think you did. You guys did it Friday night. This I ran we upstage did. like a little girl. Oh, my God, you halftime, <laughs> Daft Punk. I love you. It was so funny. So when did you start playing? Not so, the, not wait before you answer that. Oh, okay. Um, we're not going to do the whole. So I was born and grew up. We're not doing Ew, that shit. No, no one wants to hear that. Yeah, nobody cares. Honestly, nobody, nobody. No they, one they don't even know cares. about no. my shit either. Um, but when did you start playing seriously? So I say 
seriously, like touring, recording, all that good stuff, um, probably about 15 years. 15 years ago? Yeah, 15 years ago. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. And you're 25. Oh, God, I, I just, I can't, I didn't think I could possibly fall more in love with you, and then you throw that out there. Ironically, Stephen and I met on my birthday. We did. Which was... Thursday, I, think, I think I think you were my present, to be honest. I got a new brother for my birthday, which you did. was great. You got Anna but, uh, and a new sister in law. And a new sister in law. God, I love Stacy. She's cool as hell. Man, awesome? you done good, brother. Good I, married, for you. I married way the you fuck up. You married up. Way the fuck up. <laughs> married up. Checks in the mail, girl. Show. <laughs> so uh admittedly turned 43 last Thursday. And um I had a really great big brother that was really into music, phenomenal bass player. Right. Um, got me into all the right bands growing up. You know, Zeppelin, anything from Zeppelin to Slayer to, to Suicidal Tendencies to Sepultura to all the, the Beatles. Old school, good I, shit. I, everything, you know. Right. And then my parents were, you know, my dad is a big country music guy, and my mom was into like Dan Fogelberg and like really classic folk music and the Carpenters. So I had all this great music. You had a literal melting pot. Yeah, yeah. So I, I grew up in a very like musically appreciative family. And nice. When my brother was, um, my brother started playing in bands, I would go to his band practices with him. Now he's eight years older than me. So he was in his 20s. I was probably 14, 15. Gotcha. And um, I wanted to be a part of that, but I didn't know what. I didn't know what I wanted to do. You right. know? So it was like, I tried piano, hated it. Tried guitar, couldn't get around it. Tried ba- bass, didn't like it. Pause. I picked up a guitar, lasted three days. I fucking hated it. <laughs> I fucking hated it. God, I hated it. Our Carry DNA on. is exactly the same. It's so bizarre. One of our daddies was doing something. Yeah, yeah for sure. I don't sure. know which one, but we're related somewhere. <laughs> we're anyway, go definitely ahead. Definitely related somewhere down the line. It's so bizarre. <laughs> Anyways, so I, I, I thought maybe I was going to be a sound engineer. You know, I, I just, I knew I wanted to be a part of it. Like all my yeah, little teenager to be friends. Involved. All my little teenager girlfriends wanted to fuck the bands. Like, <laughs> I wanted to be the bands. You know, like I wanted to... I wanted to be up there on that stage. I didn't want to have sex with the guys on the stage. I wanted to be up there. And I, I just didn't know what my place was. Right. So my brother's drummer decided he wanted to be the front man. And he's like, I want to teach your little sister how to play drums. My brother was like, cool. So like he taught me, oh God. I think how old it was, were you? I, I was 15, By 16. By that point you were 15? Yeah, 15 okay. or 16. He gotcha. taught me a couple of beats. And it was like the first time I clicked into like a beat and then played with the band. That was it. It was, it was like the clouds parted and the sun came out and I was like, this is where I'm supposed to be. This is it. And, um, you know, I, I grew up in like a, a family with a, not a lot of money, so we couldn't afford drum lessons. So I, I would sit in my room with my drum pads and I, I played along to everything, everything I could get my hands on every CD. You know, it was that time when CDs were a thing, but I really got into helmet I remember and those like Rob guys. Zombie and um, you know, it was White Zombie at the time and stuff like that. And that was the stuff that I was playing along to. And I realized that like rock drumming was my thing for right. sure. Like four on the floor, like John Bonham, Bill Ward, like meat and potatoes drumming. Like oh, yeah. that was my thing. And um I I totally confident saying that like I, I can throw down as a drummer. I'm not a, a technical drummer by any means, but like I love that just rock and roll, four on the floor. Well, meaty drums, drum playing style. That's my favorite. That's my house. Well, and the cool thing about it is with you, with watching you over the past three days, because you weren't here last night, you left me hanging, but whatever. Fucking so hooker. I could play a wedding. Sounds so lame. Most of my listeners that have been listening to me long enough know that that is so not lame. I love playing oh, weddings. It's amazing. I love They're it. crazy. Was the food good? The food was made. They had food trucks. 
They have food trucks? Food trucks at their wedding. How badass is that? Damn. Dude, people at weddings party way harder than people at club shows. Oh, you right. I get offered drugs wrong? way more at weddings. <laughs> I, mean, listen, I don't do drugs. I have no problem with people that do. I, I like to drink. But like for some reason, every time I'm in the ladies' room at a wedding, there's some bridesmaid that's offering me drugs. And I'm like, wow, you guys came to rage. Like, what respect? Like, get, enjoy. Get yours by all means. Anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go on, girl. Shoot. <laughs> go get it, girl. What I was going to say, that the thing that I noticed about your drumming when you're talking about the meat and potatoes thing is you, where you sit in the pocket, even when you're playing with a click, I know that you're playing to a click. The, the listeners, as I call them, I always say there's musicians and listeners, that's it. There's no right. in between. Musicians always know. Yeah. There's some smarter listeners than others, but for the most part, they're listeners. But I knew you guys were playing to a click. And where you sit in the pocket of that click, you're almost dead in the middle. And I like that. Thanks. You're not pushing it. You're not pulling it. Where we're playing, I'm playing to a click as well. And it depends what song it is. I'll push it a smidge. Just because, uh, yep. no, I just need just to push it. Just ride this. it right on yeah. the edge. Yep. I just need to almost fall off the cliff. You <laughs> Now, granted, I'm not listening to your, your backing track and your click. So I don't know if you're if you're 100% dead in the middle 100% of the time. I feel like you are. I dance on it. I dance, dance on it a little it? bit, okay. depending on the song. Like if it has, if it has the room, because again, we're playing, you know, we're playing pop and dance music. So being right on the click is pretty important. You, right. You but have to, you have to be right on it. that we play that I can kind of dance on the line a little bit, which nice. is fun for me. It makes, yeah. makes it, you know, it's kind of like challenging for me to kind of like throw down some things over the click that you wouldn't really expect and then right. pull it back and then, you know, well, and the other cool the thing ebb about and flow. Yes. And the other cool thing about you is like me, you sing the entire set. Such a dork. I know. But dear God, <laughs> do not put a microphone in front of my face because it oh, would be tragic. No, it would be tragic. I'm the same. I used to sing in a few of my bands. I would sing back Did you up. really? Yeah. I would nice. sing back up and I would sing lead on ACDC because I can scream, which is not singing. <laughs> it's just nice. fucking screaming. And about four or five years ago, I quit singing. I said, I don't want to do this anymore. I just got tired of it. But I've always been lyrically oriented. I don't give a shit what the meaning is. I'm lyrically meaning what is the ebb? What is the flow? Right on. What's the yeah. step? What's the rhythmic yep. phrasing? What's the part that's important um, to make this, to give it a better example and to half-ass make it about me, our song I Stand. I don't know if you've seen us do that yet because we haven't done it every night. I have, and I have a story about that, actually. Go ahead. Oh, you, had, you did see us do it? Yeah. Okay. So then you know where I'm going with this. At yes. the end of the song, my singer Billy hits this big note where he says, I stand, and then I stand up and play. And it, it's sort of a political song, which I don't give a shit, but that moment there is perfect to put a, quote, flashy thing in. Yeah. That's why I always know what the lyrics are. I don't give a shit what the context is. I need to know where it's going or where the dramatic points are. I totally get that. Yeah. And from a theatrical standpoint, that's yes. like super impressive because Absolutely. not a lot of drummers know how to do that. No, they don't pay attention to it. And you know who I got it from? Years and years and years ago it was Larry Mullen Jr., the drummer for U2. <gasps> no kidding. Yeah, I read an interview with him. Who the hell knows when and where it was? It was a million years ago because I'm fucking old and I can't remember <laughs> shit. Um, I'm fucking old too, so. <laughs> yeah, you're 25. Um <laughs> But he was talking about somebody was hiring him to do a gig outside of you too. And he, the first thing he wanted was the lyric sheet. And I found that fucking fascinating. How cool is that? Yeah. I found it fascinating. And it, the article went on to tell why he does that. And How cool is that? Yeah. And that, and I started really paying attention to it. That's awesome. So you were going to, you said you had a story about I stand. Uh -oh, oh, well, I I'm just, scared. 
No, 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 no. <laughs> it's nothing like that. It's actually, it's actually a huge compliment. So, um, my dad who lives up in Connecticut is a, um, retired truck driver. He just retired last year. Nice. And, um, I knew he was, he's a huge country music fan. He raised me on outlaw country right? and I knew he would love you guys. So I sent him to link and he listened to, I stand. And he was just like, he's like, I'm sitting here drinking my coffee, watching the snow come down. Cause it's snowing up there right now. Of course it is. And he's like, and I'm back in my truck, wheels spinning, you know, like sun shining through the windshield. He's <laughs> like, their music is fantastic. So he loves you guys. Oh, awesome. And literally he, I just introduced him to you guys yesterday. And Did that, that song, I stand is his favorite. Did you just use the L word? Love? No. What? Kids. She said literally. Literally. Oh, she did it on the first try. <laughs> Fuck yes. Oh, yes. Literally. literally. I have shirts. Remind me, I will bring you a shirt. It says literally on the front. Oh, this is a thing. It's a thing on my show. Every episode. Oh, literally. I didn't even pick up on that. I know. Most well, people now don't. Now I know. Now you know. Literally. Okay. Literally. It's, it's me making fun of people that use the word literally. Literally. Oh God, I'm, gonna, I'm one of those people. I'm one of those people. I'm just be prepared. <laughs> okay. So anyway, I'm, I'm keeping an eye on the time because I actually have to go play. Yeah, you have to go work. Uh, not yet. I got time. I'm good. I'm good. I'm not on until 4.30. I'm good. Because we're going to, we, uh, if we run out of time here, we will continue. You guys will never know. But we, you and I are going to do an experiment. Oh, yes, we are. Oh, and how idea. cool is this? We're actually recording this podcast between our sets. It is cool. It's cool <laughs> as shit. Awesome. In, we're like, we're sitting in our dressing room. Well, I'm sitting in your dressing room. You are. Well, yours had a had a AC unit, so yours feels better. It's we just way louder. Maybe we should record the second half in my dressing room. Ooh, that'd be weird. Because then we'd have to kick both bands out of the dressing room. <laughs> oh, are they all over there right now? Oh, who the hell knows? <laughs> I don't know where the fuck they are. Um, we just manhandle both of our bands. We're like, get out. Yeah, we have get, to record a podcast. Yeah, get out. Get the fuck out of here. Beat it. Um, so we're going to do a, a cool experiment. And if it works, then you guys will hear it later. And if it doesn't work, mm-hmm. then you'll mm-hmm. just, we'll never fucking tell you what it was. So back to you being 15, 16, getting into, you got your brother's drummer taught you how to play some grooves and shit like that. When did you start going, not, I want to do this, because that's irrelevant, because you already told me you wanted to. When did you figure out, oh shit, I can do this. Because that's always a different question. That's a really good question. So I, I spent pretty much all the years after that into my 20s playing in like punk rock and metal and, and hard rock bands and stuff like that, jamming with my friends. And then it wasn't until I got hired by this rockabilly band, uh, probably like 2005, 2006, and um, when I say rockabilly, it was like rockabilly meets Slayer. It was like oh, that really kind of aggressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was fun as hell. Three-piece band, upright bass, like just nice. insane. They hired me. I think I went on my first U.S. tour like a month later. No like, shit. It was fantastic. And, I, and that's, and you know, the first time we played in front of like, you know, we did a festival show and we played in front of hundreds and hundreds of people. And I'm like, this is where I'm supposed to be. I'm like, this is, <laughs> hello. I have arrived. This is where I'm supposed to be. And it was just, and then it becomes a drug at that point. You oh, know, yeah, like absolutely. you have to perform, you know, like there's, I don't necessarily enjoy going into the studio. I do Ooh, like recording. I, I, I Do you really? I I, every, every drummer is very different about yeah. this. I like going into the studio for the finished product. But when it comes to drumming, I, playing it live is like anything else. Performing, you know, like, Right. Getting people dancing, getting people, you know, just having a great time. Like that is a high 
that no drug. No, can, I can I agree you. with that. And if you if you made me choose, I would always pick live playing always because of the way I play. Sure. Oh God. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But I love the studio. Do you really? Yeah. And a, and a very quick story, and we'll, we'll we'll probably have to pause in a second. You guys will never know. I'll do some editing bullshit, and you'll you'll never know the fucking difference. <laughs> the magic of podcasts. Um, the magic of my computer. Hmm. Um, when that the first time I went in the studio, I was 20, 19. 19 and 20. And I was in a thrash metal band. Oh, God. So I show up. And fucking test. Oh, it was great. So I show up with this two kick drums, two rack toms, two floor toms. All the things. All the things. And roto toms. Yes, I did. I had them. Don't judge me. (laughs) Roto toms for the win. This is 1996. (laughs) Fuck off. And you know, I sit high, as you do, which I love about you, by the way. Another parallel thing. Another reason why you're my sister. So weird. She sat down behind my kit, and, and she goes, wow, this is comfy. And I went, huh? You're not complaining about how high it is? And she looked at me and said, go sit down. And I went and sat on hers. I went, son of a bitch. Uh, there's a picture that will be somewhere uh, when I eventually post it, or you eventually post it, of our, of our rig side by side. 100% going on my Instagram. I figured yeah. I would commemorate our last gig together on Tuesday with that photo. Oh, we'll do a live. Yes. Yes. And this will probably come out a couple of days after that. This oh, will probably come out perfect. next Thursday, this coming Thursday. Anyway, um, I totally forgot where I was going with this story. Oh, so I had all my shit. All I bring all the shit in the studio. How many symbols did you bring with oh you? Oh my god! And they were so mismatched and <laughs> mismatched and garbage. It was fucking terrible. I, I had at least three chinas, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> but I used to sit so high that I would put my roto toms on a milk crate. Oh, the story just gets better. By oh, the it gets second. better. Oh, Here, here's my the topper. God. So we go, we're going to do a four song demo. So hold on, back it up, back it up. Yes. All right, so thrash bands, mm-hmm. like if you had to, you know, compare like what you guys sounded like to another band, like what were you guys, like what realm were you guys in? We opened up for Napalm Death. Oh shit. We opened up for Overkill. Oh, we opened respect. up for okay. At The Gates. Oh, it was kind of like not on their level. We were never as good as any of those bands, but that's, that was kind of the, the lane we were going down. Got it. Got it. Okay. Um, so I go, I get it all set up, and, and the engineers the whole time he's just shaking his fucking head. I, I'm clueless. Look at the studio. <laughs> Look at me. Metal. Yeah, fucking metal, metal off your ass. Whole nine yards. So he's shaking his head the whole time, and I go around the drums and I make sure everything's there. And he walks in the room and he goes, "Those drums sound like shit." <laughs> and I'm immediately. Wait, what were they? It was a uh, uh, shit. What were those drums? Pearl export. No, they weren't export. They were pearl, actually. Ironically, fuck you, sister. Every every metal drummer starts with a pearl. Export. I, why is that? I don't know. Mine weren't export. I have to find a picture, but I, they, they found were pearl their something. niche. Pearl export. They, they found their niche did. with like the poor metal drummer. Yes, <laughs> so true. <laughs> These motherfuckers are all broke. Let's get, hey, make a give them shit. We'll like call the it export. Board shells. Yeah. <laughs> those back in the nineties. Oh my god. Hey, I bet we could straighten that out. And make a shelf out of it. Um, <laughs> So I was immediately crushed and defensive, and I got all pissed off. So I, 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 I said, well, well, let's just record him and see what they sound like. He said, they're going to sound like shit, and that snare drum is going to sound like a fucking coffee can. Oh, no. So he recorded them, and oh, damn it, that motherfucker was right. <laughs> they sounded so bad. Devastated. So it took me four days to record four songs. Oh, shit. That's terrible. It was, it was the most humiliating, humbling, be. I can't even, I'm stuttering because I can't even think of the word. Um, degrading, belittling. But you learned from it. Learning experience yeah, I've there it ever is. had. Yep. 
And ever since then, every time I've got, gone in the studio, I'm better and better and better. And now I love it because I, I, I overcame that bullshit. Right. I mean, it was bad. It was super bad. But you learned from it. Oh, I absolutely did. Here's the only kicker to the story that makes it amazing. About 12 years later, I got hired to do somebody's record. And I went, uh, I showed up at the studio, put all my shit up, and I didn't see the guy. And the engineer that came in, he was late. The engineer that walked in the room was Don't that same guy. Stop swear to, it. Swear to, God. swear to God. He's like this motherfucker. <laughs> I will never forget this. He walks in the room and he crosses his arms. He impressed me, bro. Stance. That's what I call this, by the way. Yep. The, the IMB. Yep. He crosses his arms and he shakes his head. And I looked at him. His name was, um, fuck, what was his name? Bob, I think. And I said, Bob, just give me a chance. Just give me a chance. He said, all right. So he goes in the room and I, five minutes, my sound check was done. He had all the sounds he, he wanted. He comes around the corner or he opens the door and comes back into the live room and he hugs me and he goes, you learn well. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. And I knocked like out, he saw that yeah, you yeah, learned yeah, from yeah. the experience. Yeah, and I knocked out like six songs in a day or some shit. I tell you what, that, that is being in the studio, no matter how badass of a musician you think you are, it's always a humbling experience. Absolutely, it's it always, is. Like, you can always learn something. And yep. I do say I'm that like recording is not my favorite thing, but it, I always learn so much about myself oh, yeah. in the studio and like oh, yeah. what, my, what my weaknesses are, what my strengths are. I recently recorded um, with a singer-songwriter. We got to record at Morris Sound Studios. With If you're a metalhead, you know what Morris yep. Sound Studios is. Got to record with Jim Morris, and I was such a dork. <laughs> I was like, please just tell me all the stories. And he had all these great stories about Sepultura and Trans-Siberian Orchestra. And he's so funny because like you can tell he's just been in the business for a million years. You right. know? And he's like just not jaded, but just kind of like whatever. And you've got my dorky yeah. ass coming in like, tell me everything. Like I want to hear all the stories. I want to know all the stuff. So he got excited, you know. And that was a cool experience because we they record, their studio is set up in open room. So you're playing on a kit in the room with the engineer, with this board, sitting directly across from you, eye to eye. Oh, shit. So he's reading my facial expressions while I'm laying down a track. And he's like, we would finish a track and we'd finish a take and he'd be like, you didn't like that. I'm like, no, I didn't. He's like, let's do it again. Like, he's like looking at me oh, while that's I'm- cool though. It was such a cool experience. Like that's he's cool. recorded a bajillion bands. Like right. he knows exactly what to look for. So it was a really cool experience. And again, I learned more about my strengths and weaknesses recording right. with this guy. He's a kingpin in the industry, you know? So I don't, I don't turn down recording in the studio, but it's... It's not your first choice. It's not my first choice. Yeah. It's Soul Circus Cowboys, we're, we're talking about going to the studio, and I'm foaming at the mouth. Yes, <laughs> fucking yes, fucking take me. Yes. Give it to me. <laughs> Give it to me. Give it to me. We may have to... Uh, no, we got about five more minutes. You have to go be a rock star. I'm not a rock star. You are such a rock star. I am not. Stop it. I am, I am a bar star, hence the name of the show. <laughs> Girlfriend, get it together. Okay, so you're in the rockabilly band. Let's bring us back to you. We got off on a tangent. That's what we do, though. That's what we do. I love and it. We, and we bring it back. Well, we do. All right, so you're in the rockabilly band and you're yes. touring. How yes. long were you with them and how long did you tour? I was with them on and off for five years. We would go out for like... I don't know, like five, six week stints right. across the US. And then um, there was another rockabilly I, band I played for after them. And we did some East Coast touring and stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, spent a lot of time in vans, spent a lot of time in really <laughs> shitty hotel rooms, spent a lot of time sleeping on people's foot. But this is character building. This is, the, oh, yeah. this is the stuff you do. This is paying your dues. Looking back on it, I thought it was the greatest thing ever. I thought it was 
I'm like, this is living. This oh, is yeah. like, I didn't care that I couldn't shower for three days. Didn't care. You know, yeah. but I was also, you know, like 26, 25 at the time too. But those are, those were the moments that brought me to where I am today, right. you know? And it's like, I always thought because I was really into metal and punk rock and stuff like that. I was like underground for life, you know, like yeah. I'm never going to sell out, you right. know, I'm always going to play fucking punk rock, <laughs> fucking CBGB's closed down and I fucking cried, you know, like I'm just fucking, fucking heavy metal till I die. And listen, I'm still that girl. I'm still that girl. 100%. But like once I realized at some point in my career that I could do this and like make a living off of it. It was right. like, yay money. I'll play whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> that's dude. That's what happens. But, th- but that's just it. Like it, I think that's the secret to life. Like you find what you love right. to do and then you find a way to monetize it. Right. And like when you find that perfect balance, it doesn't really matter what the fuck you're playing. At least no. for me, like, mm-hmm. all right. So I, I'm huge metalhead. I'm now playing in a top 40 pop band and I could give a shit. Right. I'm having the time of my life. I'm playing with amazing musicians. Yes. I've learned so much from these guys, so much from them. Right. And I could give a shit. Like this is, uh, I, I'm happy. This Absolutely. Is, this is living for me. Oh yeah. And you're, uh, oh, I don't know. Getting motherfucking paid. <laughs> Yeah, well, there's that the, too. The other coolest, the, not the coolest part, one of the cool things is, because um, kids, I'm sure you've realized, we have a parallel story. When I started to go, quote unquote, down that road and, and leave the original world and stop doing metal and stop doing all that shit, one of the things that, that it did for me, I'm going to go out on a pretty strong limb and say it happened for you, is my musical maturity blossomed and my mm. mind opened so much. Yes. And I started hearing things differently. Yes. I.e., because we're both drummers, the, the Rosanna Shuffle. Oh, God. It's one of when the you, best ever. When you hear the, the song Rosanna, ever. you're just going, ugh. And then you break it down and you fuck try to play it. Yeah, fuck that guy. <laughs> fuck Jeff Picaro and his cocaine snorting ass. <laughs> Everybody knows it is. I'm not talking shit about him. It's cl- it's obvious. It's so good. But God, it's so damn good. Damn that fucking. Ugh. The only the only shuffle I love more is the Purdy shuffle. Well, I like the stuff he did with Steely Dan. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Babylon Sisters is the shit. I don't know if that was Purdy though. I have to go look that up. He was like, I think he was the Peg era, if I remember correctly. Babylon Sisters like that, is that Asia on? the Asia album I think Asia I think, I think yeah I think Babylon Sisters is on Asia is on Asia oh god I'm really not sure but anyways I don't know squirrel yeah, yeah but yeah the 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 Rosanna shuffle is oh, untouchable yeah. like that is so so sick right but when but and that's part of the point when you start realizing this and you start really dissecting shit that you never listened to you go right. oh wow oh fuck yes because you know ne- oh that shit's lame I don't like it and then you go to play it and you're like this wow, gonna, I suck. This is going to kick my ass. Yeah. I just got my ass kicked by a pop song. Yeah, you exactly. fucking did. Exactly. You fucking did. And you earned it, you prick. But so I'm assuming that the same thing happened to you. Yes. Your your brain just started to yes. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. And you just realize for me again, it was I realized not only how vast music was, but how vast each fucking instrument is. 100%. You can do so much with a steel guitar, and I don't really like steel guitar that much, but I've heard some badass steel guitar shit. Fuck yes. You know what I mean? And it just, I, I think that's what happened for me and what, what changed my mind. This is for your edification. My, if you fuckers go back in my archive. You'll, I talked about this somewhere. <laughs> it, 
I was 20, maybe 21. And I heard Tori Amos's record, Little Earthquakes. Oh, so good. Blew my fucking mind. Yep. And this is a true story. I was, I, I, I listened to it and I got to the end and I started it again. I sat Indian style in front of a jam box in, in my ex-wife's <laughs> living room. We were dating at the time. And I, she said, here, just listen to this. Cause she, I was listening to Iron Maiden and Dream Theater. I'm a huge Dream Theater fan. I was listening to all this bullshit. She goes, you need to listen to this. Just being a, She's being a fucking see you next Tuesday is what she was being. But point is. As ex-wives usually are. Yes. I'm glad she did that because that record blew my mind. I didn't know. And Matt Chamberlain drumming on that record is fucking stupid. I didn't realize that was Matt Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't know that. It's Matt Chamberlain or Matt Cameron. I get both of them confused. Well, Matt Cameron was Soundgarden? Okay, then it's yes, Matt Chamberlain. Matt Chamberlain. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you're right. You are correct. Matt, Matt Cameron was Soundgarden. How much time I got? Okay, we have to stop. We may or may not come back. Don't worry. We'll come back. <laughs> so we're back you actually didn't know we actually left and i actually said actually four times because it's fucking annoying and i like to annoy you literally literally good job (laughs) like that little callback i just did there i did i like that you're a quick learner girl (laughs) you're so smart oh my god you're so cute okay so the last thing we were talking about was you were touring you did the touring with the rockabilly band yes when did you get out of that the second one, because you said you toured with two of them. Yes. Uh, so it was probably, so I was living in Providence in, up in Rhode Island when I was touring with that band. And then I relocated to New York after that. And that was where my first stint with a cover band happened. Gotcha. was in New York. And it was actually one that I started. Nice. I just, I had this vision to start this all girl cover band doing nothing but metal and hard rock covers. Nice. And that's where I met my, now one of my best friends, Sammy, she's a bass player, and we put together this band. And we could not find a girl guitar player for the longest time that could like, you know, plenty of rhythm guitar players, like respectfully, you know, we just couldn't find a girl guitar player that could really shred and do solos. Right. So a friend of mine comes to me one day and she's like, hey, I got this number of a girl guitar player that might be interested in. I'm like, oh, right on. She's like, you ever hear of the band Vixen? No. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, and it turns out that it was Gina Style who actually played for guitar for Vixen in the nineties. No shit. And uh, she did one of their records. I think it was called Tangerine. I'm guessing here, but I think it's the third or fourth record. Possibly. I, I was. I knew it was the nineties. It was yeah. kind of like after Vixen's heyday, but they yep. were still going yeah. and still doing festivals and stuff like that. But anyway, so um, we started this four piece all girl cover band, and it was it was such an easy sell. Because we were an all-girl band, and nice. like the yeah, first well, time, yeah. the first time everybody would show up because they want to see if we sucked. And of course, then they came back because we were actually really you good. Didn't suck. <laughs> we did all right. So uh, we called the band Thunderbox. So we made it like super ridiculous and oh, over that's the top. Fucking and, amazing. And then uh, we went on to do a. Um, I, t- I told you about this the other day. We went on to do like an Anthrax, an all-girl Anthrax tribute, yes. and we did like a couple small tours with. It was called the Big Foe Four. So there was us. <laughs> there was a Metallica tribute, a Slayer tribute, a Megadeth tribute. It was so much fun. Oh, that's and that badass. was like my first stint with a cover band and. After that, I was like, you know, like I said, like I grew up like so like against all that, you know, I felt like cover bands were such a sellout and stuff like that. But like we were talking about a few minutes ago, like it just expands you, expands you as a musician. You start dissecting all these songs that you've been listening to your whole life. And then you actually sit down to learn them. You're like, 
wow, these oh. guys were really talented. Yeah, that shit's really yeah, hard. Yeah, going back to the Rosanna shuffle, you know, right. like or, or anything, any other song that you go to try to yep. dissect. You know, I I I did some some um, heart songs, and their drummer was oh my god, like oh. so fantastic. I don't remember his name. I, he I was think so ironically, good. I think it was Mickey Hart. Was it Mickey Hart? No, Mickey Hart was Grateful Dead. You no. could say it and I wouldn't know. I wouldn't even know. You could just make up a name and I'd be like, oh yeah, that's probably it. Yeah, I'm dumb. Keep going. But again, like just- I can't just, remember what his name is. But yeah, that dude had some badass shit oh going my on. God. His left hand was incredible. Absolutely incredible. But I, I think that's a really good experience for, for a drummer or any musician to actually go and, and have that cover band experience because it adds so much to your repertoire as a player. Right. When you start learning other people's- you know, like the the way they approach the song, the way they approach a beat. Um, right. You, well, you start to under not understand. You start to figure out how different people think and how, like yes, you were talking about approach. with Will and Matt. Right. Both great guitar players. They're approaching the instrument from two different Completely angles. Completely differently. In it's a six string instrument. We get it. Drums, you beat on shit. We get it. Right. <laughs> but when you when you really start to look at how everybody thinks about it, it's besides the possibilities are endless, which is a cliche and cliches are cliches for a reason. It really makes you appreciate, Oh fuck. The boundaries of what I can do are, are limitless. I'm, I'm my own. Yes. If I stay here, I have my hand in front of my face. Kids, you've seen me do this before. I need to move out of my own way. Right. And once you figure that out, I think that's what, like we were talking about earlier, that's where your brain just goes and you just open up and start absorbing everything. Yes. I mean, I, I did it kind of the same way. I think I told you the story. The I'm out of breath. I just came off stage. <clears throat> um, I, I don't remember if I told you Thursday or Friday. It's irrelevant. But when I how I got into covers, I did originals forever. It's all I did. I, I, fuck covers will never sell out. That's just yeah, fucking gay I, and I lame I, and stupid. And I'm never doing it. Fuck that. You're stupid. I know that game. Yeah, I know that game too. And then a buddy of mine broke his wrist. He was a drummer. And I was going to AIM at the time. And he said, uh, he said, hey, can you fill in for me this Friday? He called me, and it was a Monday. And I said, fill in you for what? And he said, my gig. I broke my wrist. And I said, okay. What, what is it? And he said, well, it's my cover band. And I said, no, I don't know how to play covers. I've been in an original band forever. And he said, uh, he said, dude, you can do it. Just chart the tunes out. And I said, well, how many songs is it? He said, I don't know, 55, 60. And I said, I've got four days. The <laughs> fuck am I going to pull this off in Just four days? Just chart 50 songs. No that, problem. That's exactly what he told me to do. He said, just, just chart 50 songs. I said, I don't, what do you mean chart 50 songs? How the fuck? What? He goes, dude, you're in charting class with me. I've seen your charts. They're good. Just chart them out. So I charted them out. I learned 55 or 60 songs in four days. Jesus. Um, I did a gig, train wrecked all over the place. The crowd didn't know it, but the band knew it. And, and I That's came, how it's done. Right. That's how I it's came done. with a warning label. I said, I've never done this, guys. So. <laughs> They won't know, but you guys will know. You can yell at me later. And then when we got done, everything was cool. I mean, I made it through the set, and the guy walked up to me, and he handed me two $100 bills. And I said, what is this? He said, that's your cut. And I said, excuse me? He said, that's your cut. I said, do you guys fucking do this every night? And he said, yeah. And I went, light bulb. All right now. I think I can, <laughs> I think I can do this. Think I can do this? That's what gets you. That's what gets you too. Is like that, and we, and again, another thing we talked about is like right. how, the irony, you yes. know, of like playing original music for such a long time, walking away with maybe gas money at the end of the night if you're <sighs> if lucky. you're lucky, unless you're in a national touring band or what have you, respectfully. But I mean, you know, when you go from pounding the pavement as an original band for all those yes. years, and then you go do the cover band thing, and it's usually. You're kind of dragging your feet because you don't really want to do that. And yep. then you walk away with two, three hundred bucks in your pocket and you're like, oh, 
Wait a minute. Money is awesome. <laughs> and and <laughs> well, well, the funny the funny part about it to me is I've probably had this discussion with forty seven hundred musicians, <laughs> and it all comes down to the same thing. It's not about the money itself. Mm-mm, mm-mm, that no, it's I've busted my ass to get as yes. good as I am. I've yes. got a million fucking hours, blisters, mm-hmm. blood, sweat, tears, relationships. We all know about the relationship. We ain't going down yes, that sir. road. Girl, get the fucking ass out of her. We're not going that's down that road. That's a whole episode in itself. Oh, man. That's a, that's a week-long episode. <laughs> we could probably do it like a seven-part series on that shit. Um, it's me or the drums. Bye, bitch. Um, <laughs> bye, you, boy. Or, yeah, I was going to say, in your case, <laughs> bye, boy. Um, but it, it, you just get that. It's almost that instant... Oh shit! I've done something. Mm-hmm. Validation. Thank you. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. For real. Yeah. It's the instant val. I mean, and I think it's ironic and amusing is the best word that people get so upset. Motherfucker, you wake up and go to work, and when you get done at work, you get a paycheck. Right. What's the difference? What's the difference? You're in a cubicle. I'm on stage. Yep. I don't understand why everybody hates on it so much. I've never understood that. I I think about back when I was younger and like how much I struggled, you know, like I was playing, you know, I was living in New York, which as we all know is very expensive. It's the only reason I don't live there. God, it was great, but it was just Well, that and my wife dragged me to Florida. Well, that too, Florida. (laughs) But, you know, you, you bust your ass playing in these bands and then you're working two or three jobs to be Quote, able to afford to meet. live there. Yeah. And that and that's normal for everybody. Like yeah. no matter how successful your band is, you know, like you're still working a job or two to kind of like make ends meet. And then, you know, I came down to Florida and got into the cover band scene and it's like I could work a day job if I want to. <laughs> but right. only if I want to. And it's like, wow, like I I guess that is the definition of selling out if you really want to get right. down to the nitty-gritty of it, but I'm not mad about it. I'm, I'm not either. We, <laughs> I did that in, in Louisville when I moved to Louisville. I moved to Louisville from Atlanta. You and I can, we'll talk about that story off my show because everybody's heard that story a hundred times. I know you guys are sick of it. I'm not going to say it again. But when I went up <laughs> I there, I was in, I went, uh, I moved up there for an original band. They hired me in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I was going through a bullshit session with my ex-wife. She had an affair, blah, blah, blah. I yeah. moved to Louisville figuring I could fix it and be in a new band, new scenery. Nothing ever worked, but we became one of the biggest bands in the region. We had the number one song in the region for like Very 16 nice. weeks. Yeah, Excellent. they're all originals, whole nine yards. So I started doing other shit on the side. So I could, because in, in Louisville, Louisville's kind of, Louisville's very good old boy, which is annoying. When you move there or you meet somebody, they go, what school did you go to? I'm thinking college. They're talking high school. Motherfucker, I'm in my late 30s. I don't think about fucking high school. What the hell's wrong with you? Interesting. Yes. And it's a great city. I'm not going to talk shit about it. Well, it was a great city when I left it. It's had a bunch of political bullshit going on, but that's another story. I don't talk about politics, religion, or sports on my show. I'm very happy about that. (laughs) But the point is... We were doing the whole every six to eight weeks. Mm-hmm. We'd do a massive show, sell out wherever we were playing, and then we might do a one-off show here and there in like in Nashville or something like Fantastic. that. Fantastic. So then I started doing the cover thing on the side. So before ah. I knew it, I was in Heaven Hill, which was the original band. Mm-hmm. We did a record, the whole nine yards. I told you about the number one song. And then I was in a cover band, and then I was in another cover band, and then I was in another cover band. So I was in four bands at once. Jesus. Fuck work. I, I quit my job. I don't need Why to fucking work. Yeah. So I was in four bands and I was teaching and I did that for nine years. Wow. I loved it. Why wouldn't you? 
and loved it. You're doing what you're meant to do. I know. And then uh. we had that weird old recession thing and mm-hmm. teaching is a luxury item. It was the first thing to go. So I had to go back to work. But point of me telling you that whole story is when you get to that spot, it's not about selling out. It's, oh my God, I get to wake up every day and do what the fuck I love. And more importantly, what the Amen, fuck brother. I want. Yes. It's not just the love part. It's what I want. Right. I don't want to go to work every day and make some fat fuck more money. Yeah. And I'm not interested in that. Yeah. There's a story, and I don't know if it's true, and I'm sure I've told it on my show before, and I'm telling it again. It's very short. It is apparently a, a, a half fable, half truth. Michelangelo was in a market, the my actual Michelangelo. The Ninja Turtle. I love you so much. (laughs) Yes, that was a high five in the microphone. Oh my God, that was amazing. I'm sorry. I'm I'm stupid. He was with Leonardo. (laughs) Gotcha. So Michael, the story goes that Michelangelo was in a market um, back in Italy in the fucking dark times. And this woman recognized who he was and said, oh my God, you're Michelangelo. Would you sketch a picture of my face? She, and he says, yeah, I will, absolutely. Takes his charcoal and his papyrus or what the fuck ever they used back then. Fucking papyrus. You like Jesus. that? You're welcome. That's for your benefit only. <laughs> so he takes the, the, the pa- paper and pencil or whatever he was using back then, and he sketches a picture of this woman's face. It took him 30 seconds. He hands it to her. She takes it, and he didn't let go, and he said, that'll be $300. She goes, mm-hmm. $300? It took you 30 seconds to do that. And he said, you're right. It took me 30 years to be able to do it in 30 seconds. There it is. There it is. That's it. And whether the story is true or not, the point remains the same. Absolutely. It took me a million fucking hours to, to get where I am. Right. I should earn money for it at this point. Right. And that's, that's been the debate forever. And every musician should. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so when you got out of, after you were doing the cover thing in New York, after you relocated to New York, how did you wind up down here? Um, it, it's not like a real sexy story or anything, but like I have, I have some family. It's not salacious. <laughs> it's really not. I've got some family that lives down here and I used to come and visit. If wow. You, that's the door to our dressing room. It's I know your so door is loud. so fucking it's loud. It's so loud. Anyways, I, I have family that lives down here. We come down to visit, fell in love with it. Had no idea what the music scene was like down here. No, no clue. I right. just, I just took, I just, the things with my band started to fizzle out and, um, Actually, Gina, who was my guitar player, went back to start playing with Vixen. She was touring with them again. Oh, gotcha. So it was kind of like, our band was kind of fizzling out. So I'm like, I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to check out Florida. I love it down there. We'll see what it's all about. Right. Came down here with full intentions of hanging out on the West Coast for a little bit and then going to Miami. And then- Miami. As I- Miami. 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 Um, (laughs) And then I realized how great the music scene was here. And that I met a lot of people that were playing full time and right. just kind of living their life and doing their thing. And I was like, all right, I'm going to stick around and see, see how this pans out. And like I told you before, you know, it's like playing in some cover bands, yep. bartending on the beach, loving life. And then um, I had a, you know, like we were talking about before, like just putting yourself out there, making yeah. people know who you are. Yep. It's going to open mic nights and stuff like that, meeting different drummers. For the different record, musicians. I hated that. Carry on. I did too, but I understand the value of it. If I you're new I in too. town, yes. you know, and you're trying to just like meet people and network and stuff like that, it's great for that. Absolutely. And it was foreign to me because Louisville doesn't have those. 
Really? Yeah, and Is I was in Louisville thing? for 13 years, so I consider Louisville kind of my home because I was there for so long. But yeah, in my it was, brain, I feel like that would be a hotbed for like musical, I, you would live think. music and stuff like well, that. Well, original bands so do terrible up there. Louisville's oh. a fickle city when it comes to music. Their their music community they support each other massively. <laughs> Slam the door. <laughs> go yell at yeah, my watch this. No, don't. Um, I think it's funny. Um, they massively support each other. The music community is. Oh, you're new here. Come in. Come hang with That's us. That's nice. Yeah, where down here it's you're new here. Yeah, you'll find something. That's that was my experience when I got here. Um, of course, I moved a year after COVID. Or actually, I'm uh, to lie. I moved at the in September of 20, so COVID was still kind of going on. So I think everybody was being tight knit. Yeah, you so were right I kind of got of it. yeah, I kind of got yep. shafted on that deal. But point is, original bands don't do very well. Um, it, but yeah, the 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 open mic thing was very foreign to me, and I went, "What? First of all, why the fuck do they have so many?" And then so I, many. And then I realized how big this area is yeah. because Tampa's got St. Pete and Clearwater exactly. and Brandon and Bradenton and Tampa itself. And then there's New Tampa and then there's Lutz where I live, which is right next door to Wesley Chapel, which is across the street from your sister's mm-hmm. ass. There's mm-hmm. too much fucking shit. It's too big <laughs> down here. There's so much going on down here. It's crazy. It's, it's crazy. It's nuts. So anyway, but, so you started doing the open mic thing. Yeah. Oh, wait. I have to squirrel brain. Another parallel in our story is John Spinelli is the first person we both met down here. Is he not one of the greatest human beings I you've ever met? I love that man. He's going to be on my show eventually. I, I, I love Spinelli. Would love for you to have John on your show. Oh, he's going to be. He's got so much knowledge and so many experiences and so many stories. Yes. And he, so I, I'm assuming none of your listeners really know who John Spinelli is. But I've he's, talked about him before a little bit. Yeah. So John is this amazing drummer and he has, he started his own drum company about a year ago. It's doing very, very well. Called Spinelli He's Drums. Spinelli Drums. And he also owns Drumtastic or Drum Static. Drum Static. Sorry. Yep. Drum Static. Did he do your bass drum? He, not the one that's on that kick, oh, okay. but the one that's on my black mine. kit. Oh, he did yours? Yeah. yeah. The one that's on the black rig, the Soul Circus Cowboys oh, logo. Right that's right that's John. Yeah. Fantastic. We haven't done one for that because I had to get Billy to approve me changing the colors a little bit because I didn't want to put all that red on that rig. Oh, for sure. Oh, yeah. It wouldn't look good with all the blue. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Anyway, go ahead. Anyways, so John. John is just an amazing human being and he is a phenomenal drummer. And the thing that's the most magical about John is that he is so dedicated to helping other people. He's so dedicated to helping other people with yes, their careers, he and he's really great about introducing people to each other. And it's really funny that John was one of the first people you met when you moved here because it was the same for me. Right. I had uh, my friends Leo and Nina from New York introduce me to John like within weeks of me moving here, and John was like, "Oh, you're a drummer? Cool. Why don't you show up to this open mic night? Yep. Hop on up. I want to introduce you to some people." Yep. And I mean, I was in a band within minutes. Like, I, I'm. I feel so bad for you because you moved here during COVID when everything I was I bananas. I think it was weird. But yeah, it was banana. Super weird. It but, was um, banana. It was banana. But um, yeah, and then like, you know, so I kind of did that whole thing. I was just kind of go like you said, like going to see different bands and yep. meet different people. And um, I put a, a profile on Bandmix. I don't know if you ever heard of the website Bandmix yeah. before. Yeah, I was on that for a minute. And this Derek, the singer from No Filter, found me on there and asked if I was interested in coming to check it out. And they, they just lost their drummer and bass player who were kind of bored with the project and didn't see it going anywhere. So they- Dumbasses. <laughs> Thank you guys if you're listening for quitting that band. Appreciate you, dog. a huge favor. Anyways. Um, you should buy yourself something real nice. Buy yourself something real nice. Purdy. I'll pay for it. No, you so, won't. I won't let you. <laughs> to my um my husband nick what you know i showed him the the email like you know 
I'm like, there's this like top 40 band that's asking if I'm interested in coming to, to try out. I'm like, ah, I don't really know if that's my thing. And he's like, what's the harm? He's like, go check it out. He's like, go check. What do you got to lose? He's like, you know, go check it out and see if it's for you or not. So he had asked me in the email, are you comfortable playing to a click and do you use in-ear monitors? The answer was no to both of those, but I Ooh. lied and said, yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'll figure it out as I go. They know this now. We laugh about this all the time. So literally like at my house, literally bought my first pair of like off the shelf in ears, sure, you know, like SC215 mm-hmm. in ears yep. and was like listening to like listening to a metronome, you know, like trying to get myself prepared. And like they sent me some tracks with the click and I'm just like, just woodshedding like crazy, like getting ready for this. this. Yep. I'm like, this is an opportunity. This is a challenge. I need to, I need to go for this, you know? And it's like, people think, oh, cover band. Yeah. Piece of cake. Yeah. No no, they don't have a Honey, clue. Honey, no. no. <laughs> oh my God. No. Like you said, when you play with that cover band, you had to learn 50 songs. You had to chart it all out. Oh yeah. It's a lot of work. It's a, it's a shit ton of work. And you're learning and it's harder, all these other drummers, right. drum parts. It's and crazy. it's harder for what you guys do, which I have done as well, but it's harder for what you guys do because not only are you a party band, you're upbeat party band. So the energy has to be there. You're playing to a click, you're playing to a track yep. and top all that bullshit off. You guys are playing to a video. That too. Yeah. Bitch, you win. <laughs> I'm just saying. How I'm not a size two after playing this band, I have no idea. Like, I, the amount of calories we burn through on, on a night at a show. But This it, week don't count dirty fair food. Oh, God, dirty fair food. Speaking of which, I just, ate, I just ate ice cream right before I walked in. It was uh, fucking phenomenal. <laughs> but anyways. So. I ate a London broil sandwich dripping Ooh, with horseradish earlier. Yes. Mm. How did you play after that? I mean, you impress me more and more all the time. It's amazing. Oh, stop. Because I only eat one today. Ah, uh, there it is. There it is. That's why. Pick and choose. Yeah. Pick and choose. So I kind of plan it. Okay, I'm going to be there all fucking day, so I won't eat breakfast. I'll eat after the first set, and then by the time See? the second, the last set's done. That's how it's done. Yeah, I'll go home. I'll have a, sh- a, sh- a shower and a coffee, and <laughs> nighty night I go. And then conk out. Yeah, pretty much. So you got the gig. Obviously, yes. How did that go? Did you? I, I this I was, is for my own amusement. So I was. Did super you train nervous. wreck it? No, I think I did okay. Like okay. I remember being super nervous, and I think my soul left my body when I was actually <laughs> doing the audition because I wanted to do a really good job, and I was worried about you know like playing along to the click and making sure, you know. So I just kind of focused on just laying down the beat and like just doing what they asked me to do. You know, right. they, they weren't looking for a super like technical drummer because right. they had had other people audition that overplayed everything. Yeah. That and happens. Like we don't want that. We want somebody that's going to play to the bands. Yep. That's going to put on a good show. And I was like, okay, I can do that. I can definitely do that. So I went, I did the audition. I'm not sure if I did good, bad. I'm not even really sure. I can't remember, but the guys told me after the fact, after I left, they started dancing around in a circle because they were like, cheese it. Nice. <laughs> made, for you. made me super happy. I love audition stories like that. Oh yeah. It was, it was great. When I got this, when I got the call for this and it was, it was original tunes. Um, and I'm actually going to talk about this in length kids, because I think I have my cats wrangled. I might be able to do a show with those fuckers. If not, I'm just going to do Ron and tell the other three to piss off. But anyway, I got all the songs. Um, and they sent me the, the backing tracks, which are backing tracks are like violin and fiddle and shit like that. But it's mostly the click. So I'm learning all these songs and I, Ron texts me and he goes, learn the record. And I said, well, that's what I was doing anyway. He goes, okay, I just wanted to make sure. Cause he didn't, he had the same issue. People overplaying because Gosh. it's originals learn yeah. the record. So I learned the record and I went and did the audition and, and, uh, I'm sitting there and 
I told you this the other day. They, they all looked at each other after the first song and said, that motherfucker hits hard. <laughs> Oh, God, I have to tell you this real quick sidebar. Yes. So um, a sound guy that we both know that you've worked with showed up uh, at the fair on Friday, I think. Anyways, he came on stage. He was here for a whole other reason, but he popped up on stage to say hi. And he looks over at you and he's like, that motherfucker, it's so goddamn hard. <laughs> Who was it? I'm like, yes, yes, he does. Who was it? Because I don't know anybody down here. I know our sound guy. He's done sound. I think he's run sound for you guys at... He told me where he did. It was, it was a festival. I think he ran sound for you guys. One of the Paragon guys? Uh, I don't. I have no I, it would have to be. I have because no I, don't, I don't. But it was just really anybody. funny. He took one look at you and like his face kind of like hardened. And he was like, that <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> I was so proud. I was like, yes, yes, he does. <laughs> well, yes, yes, he does. I tell you, that's my brother. Easy. I'll cut you, motherfucker. I will fucking cut you. You talk shit about my brother. So how long have you been in? <laughs> I love you. So <laughs> love I you right back. Totally broke my face. That was good. How, so when was that that you that you auditioned for this band? That uh, you got 2016. In okay, so you've been in it for a while. Yeah, going on six years. Nice. Going on six years with these guys. Nice. And it's been great. Like I, I'm super proud of what we built. Like it was it was just the four of us when we first started. It was um. We had no crew. We had a, a really tiny little video screen in the back. You know, we were still doing the, we do the, like this trash can jam at the end of our set. Oh, I was, was getting to that because that's just the fucking bomb. Don't I think I, I don't notice listen. the kiss to heaven when you get to the rush part. Oh, I love that you noticed that. Of course that. I noticed it. Oh, that makes me so happy. Eric, Eric, our new guy, who's our, our, our other metal head in the band, noticed when I did that too. And it made me so happy because like, there's only certain people that pick up on that. You yes. Know? Anyways, 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 but yeah, it was, um, you know, we were, we worked super hard when I first joined the band, we were playing like doubles. We we're playing five times a week on the beach, playing like these right. shitty little beach bars and just pounding the pavement, but we were having so much fun. It didn't even, it didn't even feel like, yeah, we, it didn't like we were having such a good time. And eventually we built the band up and built the band up. And then we became known as like a wedding band in the area. And we got yep. all these wedding gigs and corporate events. And all of a sudden we're getting, making a little bit more money. So we built the show a little bit more, got a bigger video. Sunk screen, it all back into the sunk show. Sunk it all right yep. back into the show. And then it got to the point where we couldn't fulfill all the show requests requests we were getting so it's like say that three times fast <laughs> anyways bookings i'm not known for my diction okay <laughs> we're taking all the bookings we could get bookings. so this is why we started a second no filter this is why we we right. quote unquote franchise so that we could be in two places at the same time right well and it, it's it's perfect when you do it like that um you and i talked about this off the mic uh most of you Fuckers that are listening to this, remember my interview or conversation or uh, fun jam, we'll call it that, with Jimmy from Naked Karate Girls because he was in character and it was funny as fuck. He's amazing. But Naked Karate Girls out of Cincinnati is the same way. They just built themselves so big, they were getting double and triple booked. So fantastic. they started another version of it yep. so they could be in two places at once. Yeah. And that's where I, that's how I met them. They needed a drummer to do some of the fill in stuff. So I would drive from Louisville to Cincinnati a couple hours, hour and a half, whatever the hell it is. And that's how I met all those guys. And ironically, your guitar player, Matt knows those guys. This is so small world. Another it's parallel so awesome. for us. I know. I know. When you mentioned naked karate girls to me the other day, I was like, Oh, my God, number oh, one, I know shit. my guitar player's friends with at least one of them. And number two, I remember playing in Key West and seeing their stickers all over the place oh, because yeah, they, they played at the same it. place we do. Well, when they go down to Key West, they do a week. 
Same. You yeah. Guys do a yeah. Week? We do okay. like a week. It's like a week residency at yeah. Sloppy Joe's. Oh my God. Yeah. You want to talk about liver pain after like day Ooh. five. That's what Jimmy always talks about. He goes, Key West is coming. I can't drink for like five months. <laughs> Why not? Because I drink enough for four years in a week. Oh, that's okay. accurate. That is accurate. <laughs> that is so accurate. God, is it great? It's fantastic. So what is the next uh, step for you? I, I think, you have to go on stage. You have plenty of time. Yeah, I get, but, a, I get a couple more minutes. Yeah, but are we agreeing that we're going to do the other thing? Oh, we are 100% doing the other yes. thing. As long as I have batteries, it's which I think hilarious. I do. We've it's going to be funny it. as fuck. We're going to be giggling like two nerds the whole time. It's going to be great. Yes. yes. Okay. So what is, are you doing anything else besides no filter or is it just you with no filter? And the reason I ask is because I had planned on, I don't want to say mercenary, but I was going to do what I did in Louisville. I was going to be in three or four mm, different bands at one yeah, time. Yeah. With Soul Circus Cowboys, I can't. Yeah, we're same. booked every fucking weekend, which I love. What a great problem! I know, this right? Is such a it's great such problem. a great problem. <laughs> the only issue is every once in a while, like Keith Urban's coming, I can't go. That's that see, sucks. there's the rub. Yeah, there's, there's the, rub. the rub. Like it's so great that we're so busy. You know, it's so like uh, no filter is pretty much booked right into 2023 at this point. So, yeah, it's, I, it's, I think we are as well. I'm sure you are. Yeah. I'd be surprised if you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> and on one side, it's great because it gets me out of you know we play every weekend, so it gets me out of going to a fucking baby shower I don't want to go to. <laughs> but on the other hand, like when a band comes around, I want to see or. You know, I got friends in town and it's like the only way they can see me is if they come to my gig and it's like, yeah. like ah, you know, like that's kind of a bummer, but yeah. it's still a good problem. But it's such a small bummer. I don't give a shit. Same. Yeah. Same, same, same. The, the good far outweighs the bad. Oh, situation. absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I know kind of you gave me the, the short version so we don't bore everybody with hey, learn how to play drums and all that no shit. No one cares. No one cares. I'm glad that you get that and it doesn't oh God, offend of you. Of course. Took me a long time to get people to use to get used to that. You're an asshole. No, I'm not. No, I, just nobody no fucking one cares. cares. They really don't. They don't care. Just stop the bullshit. Stop being nice. No, I, I'm not interested. <laughs> it's okay to say that. Yes, it is. I will take a bullet for you. I'm just not interested in what you're talking about right now. But, and that's okay. <laughs> I will die for you. Don't give a shit what your first drum set was. No one cares. Right. And no. But I do give a shit about who some of your influences are that that you just went, oh, wow, I really dig this person. Drum-wise. And it could be oh, not drum-wise. Drum oh, my God, drum, there's so I'm many. drum-wise. Well, I, really, I really fell in love with Bonham and Bill Ward from Sabbath when I was younger. Like I said, I love that rock, that meat and potatoes, that, right. like, with that groovy rock kind of. Right. And then as I got older and I got more into, um, more into metal, obviously Dave Lombardo is just fucking man oh, he's so uh, stupid you know, fuck that guy I, I don't even have to say Neil Peart because every drummer loves Neil Peart but I mean Neil I appreciate Neil Peart but he's not somebody I've ever tried to emulate I just appreciate him from afar why are you giving me that face because Neil Peart is your boy don't even tell me you feel come on don't even tell me that's another parallel for us go back and listen to any of my episodes are you I, serious I'm not a huge Neil Peart fan no shit massive respect I'll never be as good same. as that guy right that guy has forgotten more about music than I will ever know same brilliant fucking human being absolutely he was. but I'm just not interested and in it yes. and, and part of me is a lot of my friends give me shit because I'm such a dream theater fan which means I'm a I huge Mike, Mike Portnoy. Portnoy I play his sticks actually wow <laughs> I quit life today <laughs> I'm leaving going to leave that snot in there. I'm not going to edit that out. I just quit life today. Um, but everybody gives me, I shouldn't say everybody, a lot of my friends give me shit because I'm, I'm such a Portnoy fan, but I don't but like But not a Pert fan. Yeah. It's very simple for me. Love him or hate him, 
Portnoy plays with emotion. Yes. Love him or hate him, Neil Peart was a fucking machine. He was an alien. He was a he machine. Was not human. He no. was not human. And that does nothing for me. It in, it's impressive. Yes. It's amazing. I'll never be that good. Yes. But I just can't do it. I'm just, yeah. I get it. I get the it. The only joke I've ever made about Pert was he should never, ever try to play Buddy Rich because he can't swing for shit. Oh, I never, I never saw him try. But yeah, I don't, see, was, I don't see that working out. There was a tour he did a, he, in the middle of his solo. He did this tribute to Buddy Rich, which is, was amazing. Oh, wait a minute. You've, I know you've seen I footage I do remember of that. that. Or yeah. I, I think I actually owned that album you or pro- something. You a probably tribute to do. Buddy Rich? Yeah, it was amazing what I he was doing, what he was going for. But he was, he just, he's so precise. Yes. It's hard for him to swing. Yes. And I, I'm not even busting his balls because he can still swing better than most other drummers. But it's, you're swinging against Buddy Rich. Just stop it. Just, Two completely different animals. Right. Yeah. Just, just stop. But yes, that That's is. That's so cool. That's uh, so cool that you have like a, a similar opinion of Neil Peart. And yeah. Again, nothing but respect for that man. He was a fucking legend. Oh my, walking legend. But. As I just far, can't do as it. As far as for me personally, it was, uh, I think the one that, the drummer I fell in love with the most was Nico McBrain. i huge Maiden fan. And Nico is just. Single, the- single pedal, metal as fuck, oh, yeah. happy, just so happy when he's playing. And to that- make a long story longer, <laughs> you ever heard him say that? He says that all the fucking it's time amazing. in his interviews. He's amazing. To make a long story longer, do you know he owned a barbecue restaurant in South Florida? Yes. Have yes. you been there? I know you've I been haven't there. been. I oh. haven't been. I know of it, though. <gasps> oh, we were doing- The double date. Duh. 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 Yeah. So we can geek out and drive our spouses absolutely fucking crazy. Yes. Yeah. Um, sign me the fuck up. We'll just hand it. Here, here, hubby, here, wife, here's money. Go away. Come on, girl. <laughs> you know that's what's going to happen, too. Well, probably. And they'll be like, mm, okay. <laughs> Whatever. 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 I was obsessed with Nico for a long time. Very, very long time. Um, there was something about the way he approached Phil's. It took me a minute to understand. They were so fucking long. But it took me a minute to understand his phrasing. And once I got his phrasing, I went, oh, fuck that, dude. That's when I really fell in love with it. And I know it, no one can see, but I'm nodding like crazy. Oh, yeah. like, like, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And I, I am an outcast because my favorite Maiden record, other than Live After Death, that's everybody's, is, believe it or not, Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. It's one of my favorite Maiden records. It's one of the best ones. Uh, now, my favorite- the fuck out of here. No, no, it's, it's, one, it's my second- my second Ooh. power slave is my number one. Flash of the Blade is like one of my favorite Maiden songs. But yeah. I mean, that's just it. Listen, everybody's love of Maiden is a very personal thing. Absolutely. You know, everybody has a different opinion and like what the best record is, and yep. their catalog is so extensive and huge. And right, ah, I just love that band so much. I do too. Let's go do some Iron Maiden. <laughs> Let's just kick our bands off stage and just be like, I'm pretty sure Eric knows a couple Maiden songs. Maybe we just that fucker can sing anything. He's Little insane. bastard. Little bastard. And I know. Johnny's her fucking bunny. I would have him on the podcast, but I wouldn't even be able to talk. He is. How long you got? He's the Energizer Bunny. Oh, he never. And he can sing his nuts off. Not that not that Chaz cannot, because Chaz is amazing as well. Well, again, like two completely completely different different singers. And the thing I like about Eric, while we're talking about it, is he's only thirty-one, and he can sing that old school shit. Yes, he was raised right. He was was raised right. Shake his parents' hands. Yes, or slap him. One of the two. (laughs) Either way. They deserve some kind of recognition. Either way works. Okay, so here's a, here's a weird question. Mm. You've, you've already figured out from listening to my shows and hanging out. I don't do an interview. So who the fuck am I? We just have a conversation. But this is a question that I ask my musician friends. What's that? First, 
five drummers that blew your mind? Matt Cameron from Soundgarden. Good one. Dave Lombardo, for sure. Dave Lombardo mm-hmm. from Slayer. Just mm-hmm. I, to hear somebody approach metal like that with that much groove blew my mind. Yeah, I was, that was, he was nuts. Somewhere between groove and spastic. I can't, I can't explain it, but it's just so, so amazing. And, and no one plays like him. I, I love him so much. Um, Stuart Copeland. Mm. from the police like crazy reggae grooves just uh, just awesome awesome approach awesome approach to those songs um good lord yeah two more sheila e i mean for reasons obvious because she's a female drummer but also she's an incredible musician and it's homegirl is like what in her late 50s and still playing in stiletto heels and puts on the show that she puts on like that's the only knock I have on her. I'm like, how the fuck is she playing? In she's heels? amazing. She's, she's amazing. Yes. She she was great when she went off and did her solo thing. Like mm-hmm. she's just so talented. I remember being a little kid watching her on the Arsenio Hall show, and she did this drum solo where a bunch of shirtless dudes came out with drums strapped to their backs, and she did a solo. On I've top seen of the, these I've dudes. seen the video of that <gasps> of that. Yeah, that was I, cool. As I shit. don't know how old I was, but I remember sitting on my living room floor going, "What the fuck is happening?" <laughs> This is the, she is a goddess. Like, oh my God. You know, it was before the internet. Like this stuff wasn't, you know, this stuff wasn't, you can see this every day. Prelevant. Wow. I'm going to leave that in there too. Cause I said prelevant. Prelevant. Fucking word. And I I would say that the prevalent is what I was looking for. God, there's so many, there's so many, there's so many like drummers that like, oh my God, how could I not even think of John Stanier, Stanier. I don't even know if I'm saying his name right. He was the drummer for Helmet and that band had such a huge impact on me in my teen years learning how to play the drums. Like he played this crazy high pitched piccolo snare. Again, his approach was super weird to those songs and it was just, the groove was so heavy and amazing. And not a lot of people know about that band. I remember they came around once and when I lived in Providence and went to go see them. I was the only chick in the audience. Oh, there was shocked. like 25 dudes and me. Like it's, no one came to see them. And I was like, how does no one know about this band? They're so amazing. Another band that's like that is Clutch. Clutch. Exactly. Yes. Clutch yes. Oh my God. I love Clutch. Clutch I do too. is fantastic. I, well, let me rephrase that. I like some of their stuff. I never jumped on the bandwagon completely with Clutch, mm-hmm. but they're kind of the same way. They're so fucking same. good. Yep. They come around and there's 30 dudes that go see them. So there you go. Hey, guess what? You got to go play. I got to go do stuff. Okay, bye. Let's go walk around. I got all my shit. I got all my shit. I'm a huge tool bag and I don't give a shit. <laughs> I'm a cute little pink tool bag with like, <laughs> like the kind you get at Walmart with the multi tool. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Come back here because we are recording. Okay. Say hi. Hi, guys. Hi. What's up? Okay, bye. What? We're doing it. I'll explain later. <laughs> <laughs> wait, let me stay on your right. Yeah, stay on my right. So we don't get All right, about. so give, give your listeners some context. All right, so what we're doing, we're going to do a really bad idea. And it's going to be kind of funny. Oh, it's such a good bad idea, though. It's a great bad idea. Like that really bad picture we did. That's so that's lame, so it's bad, amazing. It's good. Okay, so we're actually going to walk around the fair and we're going to commentate and critique what we see. 
And before we're, we're walking out of, we just walked out of what is called our green room where mm-hmm. we were recording earlier, which is essentially a fucking holding cell. But that's irrelevant. It's kind of like a like high school gym locker room. Yeah, I'll go with that. PE office kind of vibe going it's on in there. PE office. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> But before we get out into the crowd of people, I'm very disappointed because I only saw... Huh? You still got me? Yes. Okay. I'll fix all that later. So I was disappointed because yesterday was the first day I saw the first mullet. And when Stacy was here Friday, she saw a bunch of them. Are you serious? Yes. And she saw a bunch of them and I only saw one. I was kind of disappointed. Okay. So I have to tell you, we went to like the the motocross brap... Loud brappy thing show. Loud brappy there was like thing. a monster. There was a monster truck, and four children under the age of ten with mullets came running out of the stands. No. Like I wanted to high five their parents because these kids were so funny. <laughs> Left or right? Uh, let's go right. Okay, let's go right. Okay, so we're just to give you guys a visual. We're walking towards the Ferris wheel. Yes. We are surrounded by fried food right now. Surround, Dirty fair food. Dirty fair food. I have the. I love Jesus people to my right. Yes, the I love Jesus people are fun. They're very they, kind. They're they very are. kind. Well, they better be. They're representing Jesus. <laughs> right next to the cowboy hat stand. Yes. Where you can also get leather a goods. Raccoon hat with a raccoon tail. Leon's breakaway outfitter. I love Florida so much. Florida. Florida. Uh, what else do we got besides all the dirty fair food? We have. I mean, that's that's the that's the big that's the big draw right there. Well, that is the big draw. The, you know the beauty of this, for those of you that don't know, which you'll see pictures eventually when you go follow Natalie on all her social media. She has pink hair, so ah. she has pink hair. I have on a beanie because I'm fucking old and decrepit and I get cold. <laughs> but I'm carrying a purple bag, and we're walking through the fair with big ass Mickey Mouse headphone cans with, on, like these big microphones. Like and, yes, we look like idiots. <laughs> And you know what? It's like great. Bay News 9 circa 1997. Absolutely. Read that sign. Racing pigs. Racing pigs. Oh, look. She's cute. Ooh, free samples of kettle corn. No, nah, I'm good. Shit gets stuck in my teeth. Yeah, that's She looks crazy. cold. She looks cold. She's staring at us. Ooh, she's big. Get yourself a... Girl. Tiger blanket or a tiger rug. <laughs> I want the money towel. Oh, oh. Did you see the money towel? Nothing says baller like a $100 bill rug for your... I know there's a mullet under that hat. There's gotta be. There's gotta be. It's the camels. Oh my God, it's the camels. I feel sorry for the camels. I do too. I feel sorry for all those animals. Did you see the giraffe over there? I did. I feel sorry for him. He looks pissed. He does. He's just... But that's some crazy shit. Look, look, they're just not going to move, assholes. Jesus Christ. Can't you see? We're attached by... (laughs) We're attached, literally. By these fucking cords. Fucking cords. I like everybody staring at us. That's more fun than what I thought it was going to exactly. be. Exactly. They're like, who the fuck are these people? What we should have made like, some jackets with like a logo on it that doesn't really mean anything. <laughs> Get out of the way, fuckers. We're doing something important. We should. We <laughs> There's a band out of Charlotte, North Carolina back in the early 2000s called Pig Fucker. What? Yeah, they were called Pig Fucker. I, should I see mean, if just I can the merch f- alone must have been fantastic. I know. I should see if I have one of their shirts. <laughs> And just put it on the back of it. like Just put like, it on and go see the I Love Jesus people. Yes, and like, safety pin it to the back of a denim jacket. Pig fucker. <laughs> Pig fucker. <laughs> Ooh, there's more people up here. There's a lot of people here. Uh, so also... We're going to get tangled up in some people. We're going to... I'm going to... I'm going to laugh about this for at least a month. The, fucking the, snow cones. <laughs> oh, fuck a snow cone. It's too cold right now. The other... 
irony of this is it's actually, we're playing today. Obviously, you guys figured that out. Look, they're staring. They're staring. What are they staring at? What are y'all doing? The irony of today is it's Super Bowl Sunday. And I, I keep forgetting that because, <laughs> as you can see, I'm such a huge sports fan. Oh, yes. Go sports I don't. E- I don't even know who's playing today. Uh, a, a sports team. <laughs> go sports ball. Yes, go sports ball. That's what so it is. We're about to walk past the game at the fair where you can win a goldfish. If yes. you like, oh, you won a, a goldfish the other no, day. No, I didn't you? win it. I didn't win it. So, our crew guy Alex, who's hysterical. He's funny. I love he him. Decided that he was going to go win some fish. So he did. He won a bag of like six goldfish, and he's walking around with this bag of fish. And then he tells me, I left a present for you in the, in the dressing room. Did I tell you the story already? I told you this, didn't I? Like you I told me you- part of it. You didn't tell me the whole thing. It's like I left you a present in the dressing room because it was my birthday. So I go into the dressing room, and there's a, a little plastic tank with a goldfish in it. <laughs> and at first I laugh, and then I immediately i am like, shit, I have to take this thing home. Like, I got to feed it. Like, I don't know how to take care of a fish. I got to take like, care of this thing. I can't thing. let this thing die at my hand, you know? Like, it's a, it's a living thing. I mean, it's a goldfish, but I feel terrible if it dies. So and inevitably it will die. Inevitably it will die. I think I think they give them weight Girl, so stop. that they will stop die. Stop your story. Come here. Look at him. Look at him. Tiger pants. Look at him. Oh. oh. Wow. wow. I respect that. Those are some nice tiger pants. <laughs> See, that was worth interrupting you. Anyway, yeah, I was. So All you right, got anyways, to worry about that. Really no, anyways. it is because you were so, having a panic attack. I was. I was really upset about this fish. So making Al- the fish Alex survive. Had, Alex had gone home at this point, so. I pick up the fish tank and I'm like, I'm going to find the game where they were giving away the fish. I'm going to give them back the fish. Did you? So I'm walking all over the fair with this fucking fish tank with the guys in the band going, I can't believe we're, we're actually being seen in public with you right now. <laughs> I find the lady who we're actually walking up to right now. I explained my story. I said, listen, I, it's probably very unconventional. I said, but I have to give the fish back. I'm afraid I'm going to kill it. And she's like, I'll do you one better. Take it home to my kids tonight. And I was like, oh, that's great. Awesome. So... Happy ending to that story. I see Alex the next day. And like, buddy, I have some bad news. Like, I, I, I gave the fish back. You know, I was afraid I was going to kill it. <laughs> and he starts laughing. He's like, don't feel bad. He's like, I went home with my six fish. I went to the pet store. I got a fish tank. Got the filter. I got the food. They were all dead this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't see, I didn't see the story going that way, but that was... That's pretty damn Poor funny. Alex. He felt so bad. All right, right or left? Uh, let's go left. All right, left. Balloonorama! That is a big fair. It's not as big as the other Ferris wheel, though. The other one's bigger than that. But that's a big-ass Ferris wheel. Are you afraid of heights? Uh, yeah, I have a respect for heights. Yeah, I'm pretty afraid of them. if I don't have to. You yeah, know? I don't like it. I'm a weirdo, though, because I'm afraid of heights, but I'll like live on the top is- floor of New York City building in a heartbeat. Oof. Makes well, no different. sense. That's a controlled environment. Fair enough. Like, how does Tommy Lee do it with, like... The whole oh, roller coaster ooh, ooh, thing. I know. He's Tommy fucking Lee. Oh, right. Okay. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> I think that lady just heard me say that. That was She's funny. like, what are they recording? Jesus. What are they talking? Oh, my God. What are they, what are they what talking, are talking about? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Why are they walking around those giant microphones? These things are huge. But you know what? I will be thanking myself later when I'm editing this and we yeah. can't hear the wind because it's windy as fuck right now. I feel like we're very Ron Burgundy and Veronica Corningstone right now. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, San Diego. Uh, it's not... There's so many Pikachus. <laughs> so many Pikachus to win. Pikachus. I mean, this is just... This is classic state fair. 
right? Yes, it this is. This is like just classic state fair. For my Louisville people, it's 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 like our fair. Well, your fair because I live here now. I'm stuck here, but it's way bigger. Yeah, this is a big ass fair. Yeah, this sure. fair is huge, and it's currently inhabited by the people of Walmart. Um, girl, you are not wrong. I'd like to refer back to Tiger Pants. Oof. I really wish I could have got my phone out fast <laughs> enough to take a picture of that. I'm only making fun of her because I'm jealous that I don't have a pair for myself. Ooh, you can win a llama? You, no, you wouldn't wear those because those were velour. And I'm not kidding. They were <laughs> velour. fucking velour. Look at that shit. Oh, fuck that. Yeah, no. Free falls. That's no. a big bag no. of nope. No. It's a huge bag of nope. Tilt a World classic. Yes. Next to the uh, pirate ship. Well, if you look to your right, kids, you'll see the uh, put money in here that you'll never win anything, and I've got the <laughs> loudest stereo in the fair. That would be that guy. It's basically what I did at the casino a couple nights ago. We won't talk about that because then it'll be on record, and we can't have that on record. Balloon pop game. Starship 4000s. Oh, you know that really the original name for that was, don't you? The Gravitron. Oh, that was the Gravitron? Yeah, that's the Gravitron. They just name them stupid names now. Just fucking call it the Gravitron. That's what it was. Right now your listeners are like, what the fuck am I listening to? Like, I I wouldn't even hang out with these guys in real life. I don't have any friends anyway, so what the (laughs) hell do I care? So force them to subscribe, subscribe to you. Yes. Well, I told you I was going to do this once before and it didn't work out. I was going to do it at NAM and it was way oh, too loud. Oh, that would have been insane. Yeah, it was way too loud. What was your favorite thing about NAM? I haven't been in a bajillion years, but... Uh, have you been to both of them or just Anaheim? Uh, LA, Anaheim, yes. Okay. I finally got to go to Anaheim. I have two favorite things about Anaheim. Uh, one, I've already told you... And my listeners know that's where I met Delana and went on the Delana oh, tour. Oh, what a great story that was. That's oh, yeah, awesome. it was awesome. Uh, I had her on my show, by the way. Oh, did you really? Yes, it's uh, a couple I years ago. I will Check find it out. that episode. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had to do it over Skype. She was in Holland, but that was pretty fun. That whole that, that whole ordeal from? was awesome. Um, no, she's originally from South Africa. Oh, wow. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Okay. Um, I don't know, man. I had a lot of... I had a lot of Really cool things that happened at NAM. One of my favorite things was I got to meet Seven Antonopoulos. Do you know who he is? Wait, who was it? Seven Antonopoulos. No, should I know who that is? Oh, he's a fucking monster drummer. No shit. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. I got to meet him, and I got to meet Carmen Apice. Oh, I know that name. <laughs> well, my I was hanging out at the symbol at the Sabian Symbol booth. I don't know if you know this. I don't know if we talked about it. I'm endorsed by Sabian Symbols. I did not know that. That okay. is amazing. Thank I have one singular Sabian symbol on my drum set. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> one. That's all right. I won't hold that against you. Shh. So don't I was tell Sabian. Yeah, don't tell him. Um, beep. So I was do. I was hanging out at the Sabian booth in my rep, Bob Rupp. Hello, Bob. He was. Uh, he was. He texted me because he was inside the booth. They have like a. They built like a little hidey hole in the back of the booth, which was amazing. So he texted me. He goes, where are you? I said, I'm out front. So he walks out front and he goes, do you want to meet Carmen Apice? I said, yes. What, what kind of yes, I do. That? that is a ridiculous question. Yeah, it's a really ridiculous question. Speaking of ridiculous, that thing is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Not doing that. Air raid. Air raid. People looks, go on that ride voluntarily. It's because people are dumb. God bless it. What do you think it is? 150 feet? Nah. 100. That's a big nah for me. How many feet do you think it is? 100, 150? 
up. Oh, no, I'd say more like 70. You're good. You say I'm good, but you're not checking my math, so. No, because it's above 10. <laughs> I'm not interested. <laughs> it's above 10. That's no-go, boss. Over yeah. 10 feet. All right, just for the record, so we've we've gone around one block of the fair. No yep. mullets yet. I nope. told you. It's not good. Mullet watch 2022. <laughs> But meeting dun, dun, Carmine dun. was was absolutely amazing. Oh, that, yeah, that's amazing. That is really cool. Um, I think that was probably the. I, I love the whole thing when I went to Anaheim. I've been to the Nashville one a bunch of times. Going to Anaheim one was awesome. But meeting Carmine or Carmen, however you say it, it's I think it's actually line. Carmine. Carmine Apice. I am not here to correct you. No, I'm not either. But I was corrected a bunch of times, and I still can't remember. Uh, straight or right, you pick. Uh, let's see. Let's go right. Okay. Um, and seven Antonopolis was cool, but and then of course the biggest thing was the the Delana thing. But all the parties. Hang on, kids. We're lost. It's less yeah. peopley that way. Go that it way. is less peopley. How about you guys with the French fries? Y'all want to play? No. People with French fries don't want to play. He's giving away giant plush Oscar the Grouch toys that say scram. <laughs> Dude, I ain't trying I to feel bust that, your Oscar. balls. I relate. <laughs> I relate to that so hard. <laughs> Beat it. Beat it out of here. But the whole experience was awesome to, to be able to see everybody. And We almost got run over by a scooter. I'm that, not even joking. That was true. Stacy walking around going, do you know? She was looking at people's badges. Do you know who that is? And she's Googling. I'm like, yes, Stacy, I know who that is. <laughs> she's Googling oh, that she was she's walking around. Yeah. She was, oh, it was fucking amazing. Cool Oh, she's awesome. Super slide. It was great, though. Did you know who that? Yes. Yes, woman, I do. <laughs> I saw the chicken wing stand earlier, and I've, I opted out. No wangs? No, no wangs. Orbiter. 15 minutes into this, kid. Still no mullets. So when I went to Nam, I think it was 2008. It's a long time ago. Damn, uh, it is a long time ago. One of my good friends is uh, uh, endorsed by Sennheiser, a sound engineer. Nice. And on. Uh, I was walking around, didn't know he was there. Just happened to walk past the Sennheiser booth. And he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. So we started hanging out, and he's like, hey, there's this after party, industry after party. You want to go? I'm like, absolutely. Turns out it was a birthday party for the bass player of Living Color. Oh, nice. Uh, I think his name is Wim, Doug, Doug Wim or so. They were calling it Wim Bash. But anyways, <laughs> so I go to this party. There's all these musicians up on stage just jamming. It's absolutely amazing. There's all these famous people walking around. I go up to the bar to get a beer, and who is standing there ordering a beer for himself but George Lynch. No shit. <laughs> I was like, you're fucking George Lynch. <laughs> He's like, yes, I fucking am. <laughs> I'm like, that is, the, that is the perfect response. Thank you. That is a perfect and response. And we chatted for, you very kind, chatted for a couple minutes. You wanted to know why, what I was doing there, and blah, 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 and... It was really cool. I had to, that reminds me, I had the same kind of thing. Uh, we were at a party. In fact, it was the same party I met Delana at. A bunch of musicians playing, and I happened to look over, and DJ Ashba is standing 10 feet from me. Do you know who that is? Wait, who was it? DJ Ashba. I don't. He was the guitar player in the later version of Guns N' Roses, but he was also oh, a band in Beautiful okay. Creatures, and he's 6 a.m. with Nikki Six. I know, who, I know who that is now. Phenomenal I need guitar context. player. Yeah, so I turn around and I walk up to him and I said, dude, I said, I am a huge fan of yours. I've been a fan of yours since Beautiful Creatures. He puts his arm around me and he goes, come here. 
and he takes me over to the singer for Beautiful Creatures, who happened to be there. He goes, man, this guy just was fucking talking about Beautiful Creatures. And it became this big thing. And then Stacy goes, oh, my God, I love him. Can he, can he be my other husband? I was like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> what the fuck ever. At least you got good taste. Other, <laughs> other husbands. <laughs> there's husbands, and then there's other husbands. Yes. I, I wouldn't mind about it, but he was super, super cool. Point of the story, he was awesome. Still no mullets. I, I'm shocked. I told you. I mean, this is this is mullet country. This is where this is where mullets are bred. Dude, I don't know. If this was in Louisville, we'd already be over a hundred. <laughs> Big time mullet count. Ooh, high. Yes. Mullet count is high at the state fair in Louisville. Aw, bumper cars. Totally fried. Cheese on a stick. Cheese on a stick is good. Deep fried Oreos. Fuck. Have you ever had one? I have. It's life changing. It is. And the really bad part is they're so fucking terrible for you. Oh my god. But they what, taste what so about fucking that is good. good for you. What, what what about anything I just said is good for you? The fact that it tastes good. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you happy. Oh, the chicken strip. Oh. Wow, he's got a lot of me. power for that. Holy shit. No. Yeah, I don't we don't wanna. I gotta go play soon to nobody. Yeah, let's go move. <laughs> and unfortunately you have to play to nobody. I and we're play, not we're not play, picking on the fair. It's you're gonna play to nobody and I'm gonna play to less less than nobody. Less than nobody. Like and the vendors are gonna be going home yeah. at that point. And we're not even picking on the fair. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Nobody cares. Yesterday, oh, you weren't here yesterday. Yesterday was fucking stupid. It was ridiculously packed. See, touchdown. You heard that, kids. Hey. The vendors are announcing the Super Bowl. <laughs> Go sports ball. Uh, Florida. Fucking Florida. Ever since I moved here, that's... Oops, sorry. Ever okay. since I moved here, that's been my excuse for everything. Fucking flower. It's a blanket excuse for literally anything. It, it, literally. Look at you. How'd I do? You did amazing. Nice, okay. You did amazing. And then every time you hear that, you're going to say, that son of a bitch that got me. son of a bitch. He got me. That fucking literally shit. Fucking adopted brother. Fuck. Fucking how, how did I not see the, the circus tent? There's a circus tent. It is a circus tent. Jesus. It is a is big circus tent. It is huge. I was gonna do the uh, I was gonna do the what do you call it? The sky ride yesterday. Oh, did you do it? No. <laughs> no. No, I didn't. Alright, where are we? Because it's above ten feet. <laughs> look you know, uh, look over there, look how high that thing is. I know, it's nuts. It's a long that's a long fall. That's, but, a, that's a big fall. True, but that is not part of the fair. That is part of the actual fairgrounds. That thing never leaves. So I made an observation yesterday walking around with like all the food vendors. Yes. It's like corn dogs are obviously a very big thing here. Yes. What I wasn't prepared for is the competition of corn dog size. How between, big they get. Yes. Like <laughs> we have an original corn dog. This guy a couple steps down has the 12-inch corn dog. <laughs> And then the next one claims to have the biggest corn dog of them all at a whopping 18 inches. I'm like, this is like corn corn hub. Corn hub. Corn hub. Corn hub. Corn dog. Corn hub. Fuck, we just made a new category in porn hub. Dirty, dirty fair. Corn dog dick swinging. 
Like I just I, I was like really impressed by the amount of competition. Like I didn't realize that was a thing. It is you know, a thing. Like who's got the biggest corn dog? Hey, how big's your fucking corn dog? Eh? This thing's so good we stick it on a baseball bat. <laughs> Tell your mom. Tell your mom to save me a plate. Tell your mom. That's what I, tell your mom. Save me a plate. <laughs> tell your mom to save me a plate. I'll be over later. Save me a plate. Oh my God. This is amazing. This is fun. I don't this know if anybody's fun. ever done an audio experience at the state fair. I mean, there's really no market for this. There's re- no one's ever said, walked around the state fair and said, you know, it'd be really great if somebody walked around and commented. No, there's all the bullshit. <laughs> no, there's not. But ooh, that dude has perfect bangs. Oh, wow, sticking out. Did you see him? No. Oh, girl. Like, like curled? No, like, they no. were perfect bangs like sticking Betty out Page of his bangs? hoodie. Yes, oh, they were total oh. Betty Page bangs. Wow. Wow. Um, what I was gonna say is that the beauty of this is it amused the fuck out of me. Yeah, same. <laughs> and, and really, what, what's what's more important than that? I mean, come on. At this at this point in in the game, nothing. I, I have <laughs> today's my fourth day here. I've got two more left, and you have your band has till the fucking end of the month. Yes, till the end of time. <laughs> till the end of time. Playing the state fair till By the end the way, of time. By the way, their pizza's good. Oh, duly noted. Okay. They have, dude. You gotta look at this. You got community. You gotta Let's look go at comment. This. Let's go Hi, you remember me? Hi. That. What is pickle it? Pickle pizza. Oh, the, the pickle, pickle pizza. pizza. You told me about fucking that. Fucking bomb. All right, I'll be back. You gotta eat the pickle pizza. It's the fucking bomb. It's so good. Pickle pizza. Yes, pickle pizza. But anyway, at this point in... Aw, look how nice the stage looks. Aw. Aw, it looks so good. <laughs> we just awed in unison. Well, that's what happens when you adopt each other. Yeah, exactly. Start picking up each other's fucking bullshit. Yeah, fucking bullshit. Fucking okay, bullshit. so... Okay. Here's so what we we're going to do. We have circled a good part of the fair. Go ahead. We did. We have circled a good part of the fair. You are going to give me all your contact info. Okay. Where everybody can find you on all your social media. I've never ended a show this way. Wait. <laughs> see if they start the car. I've never ended a show nope. this way, says the guy walking around comment- commentating on the state fair. Wow, you're right. <laughs> I have reached a whole new level of what the fuckery. Or fuck it, you know, you know. Yeah, fuck it. I like the fuck it part too. Anyway, I will make sure that everybody knows where to find you. Listen, Natalie, if you're listening, you are awesome. You are awesome. You are. Awesome. You are. I'm very, very happy that we met and became friends. This has been a fantastic few days that we got to hang out together. And we got one more. And we got one more. Yep. You're not here tomorrow, but you're here Tuesday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm here for your last day. Yay! Woo! You get to send me off. I'm bringing you a t-shirt. Oh, yes, please. I would love a t-shirt. I'll bring you two. Okay. I have two different designs. Well, if uh, if you're one of Stephen's listeners and you've made it this far, first of all, congratulations <laughs> on having absolutely nothing else to do with your life. Um, well, we know the first part of the show was amazing. Oh, yeah. That was great. This part, we're not sure about. TBD. Yeah, TBD. If you I can agree. edit this down into some sort of semblance of a podcast, I'll be really impressed. Uh, challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. Challenge accepted. I will talk to you guys on the other side of this. Natalie, I will talk to you in five seconds when we take this shit off. All right, brother man. All right, see you. Peace. That was, oh, that was great. That was ridiculously I can't even see fun. A, see a single well, that's it, kids. That's the show for now. I hope you guys dug it. I hope you laughed at the silly fair commentary because as I listened back to it, I 
laughed. It was pretty damn funny, and it was fun. I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope you got something out of it. Hope you will definitely follow Natalie and No Filter on social media. I will put all their stuff in the show notes. So make sure you check that out, where to find them, where to follow them, where to support them, where to like them, and all that kind of good shit. Um, Like I said at the beginning of this, they're great people. They're great humans. Natalie is awesome, and she really is like my new little sister, even though we're essentially the same age. Um, It's cool how life works, how you meet people like that. I never thought in a million years that I would hit it off with somebody the way I did with her, and it's not even a a boy-girl thing. She could have been a dude, but I've never met another drummer that I've clicked with instantly like I did with with Natalie, so that was amazing. Um, I got a new friend out of it. I got a few new friends. I mean, Eric's awesome. Derek's amazing. Chaz is really cool. They're all great people, so make sure you check out No Filter and support them. Also, in the coming weeks, like I talked about at the beginning of this episode, I will have a show that I did with my guitar player from Soul Circus Cowboys, Ron Zebron. We talk about a lot of stuff, including his upbringing musically. Um, Ron's a monster player. He is a, a fucking unbelievable guitar player, and I get the honor of playing with him every night, so that's really cool. So I'll be putting that out soon. Be on the lookout for that. And that's pretty much it. Oh, one more thing uh, for my drummer geeks. Make sure you don't do like I do and assume that one screw you find on your carpet is the screw that will fix your snare throw off because chances are it's probably not it. Uh, That screw, Natalie, this is more for your benefit because you were there, uh, went to the back of my Yamaha. So I vibrated that off in six days. But I also vibrated the guts out of my throw-off on my PDP nickel over brass snare. Um, Yes, I vibrated the guts loose. When I took it apart and opened it, all the guts were in there, all the screws, all the washers. I just popped everything back in place, tightened it down, put it all back together. Works like a charm. I used it last night. So that's a little thing that most of you probably already know. But for shits and giggles, I just figured I'd throw it out there as my drummer PSA for now. So apparently that's what happens when you hit as hard as I do. And according to most of the people I've met down here in Florida, uh, I hit really hard. Um, I guess people around here don't hit hard. I don't really know. But you guys know I hit hard. It is what it is. So I rattled my snare guts loose and I fixed them. And it's interesting. As hard as I hit, I still don't really break a whole lot of stuff. Huh. Wait, you mean you can hit hard and still have technique? Wow, what a fucking concept. Oh, anyway, sorry. I spaced out there for a second. I hope you guys dug it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please go follow Natalie Mustang and the band No Filter. And if you haven't checked out my stuff that I'm doing with Soul Circus Cowboys yet, please make sure you do that. Smash the like button on all those pages. We all have a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Soul Circus Cowboys will have a new video coming out soon with yours truly in it. Uh, I'm either playing drums or getting people water. I'm not 100% sure what I'm actually doing in the video. But I was in the video. It's awesome. It's really cool. That's going to be out in the next few weeks. I'm not, I don't have a release date yet, um, but that's going to be really cool. So make sure you look for that. And uh, Soul Circus Cowboys will be going in the studio soon with yours truly as well. I'm super pumped about that. Get to put my stamp on some songs. And uh, that's about it. That's all I've got for right now. I will say it one last time. Make sure you check out Natalie Mustang and No Filter. And while you're at it, check out Soul Circus Cowboys. 
And as I say at the end of every single episode, (gasps) go do some shit. Yep, that's right. Go do some shit. Go get some shit done. If you're coming down to Florida, let me know. Uh, There's probably no room at the inn. I'll get to that story soon. If you listen to Steve Owen's podcast, you've already heard part of it. Uh, But I will talk about it at length here because Stacey and I are going on an adventure. And I'm not going to tell you what the adventure is. So that's what you're going to have to do. You're just going to have to go do some shit. So until next time, I will talk at you soon.